welcome to the Honest Wargamer. We are your hosts of the 40k Thursday show. Rob, well, Ron, Nick and Tom. That's right, hello. Welcome hello. to the show. Let's get salty, is our new catchphrase. Thanks to we can't Jeremy get Great any Dominican. more salty, mate. We're already permanently salty. Just, you can't, just like you can't. Like I've said before, we are the miners who they would hire to go and save the Chernobyl power plant. That is who we, we are. We are the canaries in the coal mine. <laughs> uh, Nick, what's going on? Hello, babe. How are you? <laughs> uh, I'm all right, thanks. Uh, I was just explaining to Rob and Tom before we came live that I feel a re- I feel really weird today because it's the first time I'm doing. Well, obviously I was away last week because I was moving house, so it's the first time doing the show from a new location and also having brace- braces fitted. Mm. So I feel really weird right now. See, own that emotional honesty. awkward than usual. No, own it. Own, own that emotional honesty. Tell the crowd. Let the crowd, like, go with you on it. You got the braces, I think, because a lot of people, because of your status as Fit Nick on the show, a lot of people have been contacting you about modelling gigs. Am I right? Um, well, actually, mm-hmm. it, that, that's, that's part of the reason. But actually, mostly, it was because today is the Jukari show, and this is some sort of medieval torture, torture <laughs> device. <laughs> and I'm getting some power from this pain. Nice, nice. Uh, Tom, how are you? What's going on? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks, mate. I've had a busy day, buddy. It's been very weird. So uh, one of my teammates uh, asked me to write up some notes on what I thought he could change about his lists. And uh, 2,000 words later, and I've only written about the shooting weapon options on Paladins. So he's going to be waiting a little bit of a while for me to get back to him. So I've been doing that. Having a flip through Mr. Curry book, and I've also been cleaning out my airbrush today, which has been good, uh, just so I can actually get get it used again because I haven't used it in a long time. So I've had a productive day, but it's also been a bit of a long one. Exciting! That's fun. Mm. That's some really fun stuff. Uh, yeah. Right. So today's show, uh, everyone, if you're just tuned in, it's our first look at the Jukari book. It's not our like deep dive, which we'd normally do the second week. So first look, we normally look at everything, prefixing the data sheets. Then mm-hmm. next week we do data sheets and rolls, uh, and then we'll write some lists in the third week. So. Um, we're just going to take it in time and have some fun with it. Uh, the TLDR, I think, is a lot of people think that it's quite good uh, in mm. the kind of TLDR, uh, but we're going to so, take it. Go on. No, I was just going to say to prefix that, I've been talking to some Drakari players, and uh, I was talking to one last night whose who's opinion I very much trust, and he was saying, it feels like the problem with the book is that there's nothing bad in it. Well, that I you mean, can is that a problem? pretty much anything. Well, it means he's got to buy all the units. Because now he has to, he has to I mean, I'm going to I'm going to straight hot fire throw this to the Twitch chat, yeah. and get their opinions. Twitch chat, mm. thank you for being here. Thank you, everyone, by the way, for listening to the podcast, and thank you to everyone on Patreon, YouTube guys. Thanks for hitting like, subscribe, and all that smash uh, stuff. We just uh, reached uh, seven thousand YouTube subscribers, so that's fun. Well done, us. Ooh, we passed yeah, it. Nice. Yeah, I know they ruined it. They yeah, ruined it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to throw this one straight out to the. So we were waiting, and then six point nine. Gone. What you said, I know, too long, and it just flew by. Uh, yeah. Just like every good 69. You wait too long for it, and it just fucking <laughs> is gone in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the quick quick question I want to throw out to the Twitch chat is, would you prefer a codex where everything is viable, or would you, where it's just a one-trick Dimacarian, uh, like codex? Have I said that word right? Dimac- Dimac- Neil's here. Neil. Dimacaron. Yeah. Dimacaron. Dimacaron. Um, yeah, uh, uh, I okay. guess I guess I would prefer a uh, a well-rounded book so you can deviate uh, according to the meta uh, rather than yeah just having one trick pony. Yeah, 
because it because if that one trip pony happens to be something you don't have, you either have to go and buy it or it's just boring in the long run. Mm-hmm. Over there, guess. <laughs> okay. What about you, Tom? I mean, obviously, which has more stuff, right? Well, that's very cool. Very. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather have a playable book where I could play anything I wanted to than have a, a book that has nothing in it that is actually usable. That's fair. That's Codex fair. Drop. Uh, I think everyone in the chat seems to agree with you as well. Dr. Newman says everything fireball. I have an option depending on my opponent. Sergeant Rolf says, yo, Dijonello, what up? Uh, Leo Crescia says, multiple viable options, please. I'm into that. Dane, uh, Dan uh, says everything viable as it allows the great multiple different approaches. Winner stays on. Who love? You know, I'm just going to ask him to come on next week, like because he's just like it's even the chat. He's like, here all the time anyway. Might as well. Why don't just like, fucking join us? Yeah, uh, like that's what I think. Um, anyway, uh, I'm into the Jakari books. Is Pete? Uh, let's ride the crazy power creep train right to through to tenth edition. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm into that. Yeah, that come evening. All right, before we get on uh, with reading through this for the first time. Uh, and like and b- banging it out for you guys. Um, have you done any hobby this week, Nick? Any chance, or you've been moving house uh, been too much? Most mostly been moving house, but I have done some hobby because uh, before I had my w- computer in my hobby desk because uh, I was working mm-hmm. from home a lot. But now I've uh, had the chance to spread out, so I've got a, a different desk for a computer, and my hobby desk is now back to its full capacity, which is really nice. Um, and I've done, I've painted some more uh, Death Shroud Terminators because um, obviously we're doing that narrative campaign when we come back so I need some I need the other named characters that I wrote in my backstory to fill those uh, those that crusade slots um, so I've done that but also I just want some news I can share for the weekend obviously in England we're allowed to play Garden Hammer now and I'm playing yes. some Garden Mordheim this Saturday <laughs> I don't think that's legal. I think only Garden Hammer I don't think that's permitted. legal I think yeah. that's no <laughs> Mainly because you have to force someone to play it with you. What oh, I don't no, understand, Nick, is stop. why aren't, why aren't you the chief like moderator on both the Mordheim Facebook page and the Mordheim WhatsApp, therefore controlling all of the there's Mordheim too many people comp- There's too many people competing for that those roles. That's wow. a very highly sought after role, and you know I'm 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 nowhere near good enough for that role, so that's why. Okay, all right. I'll but I have that. made a very special case for it, which I think everyone is going to be jealous of. Okay, what what is it? I've made a custom specific warband carry case. It is everything you need to play more with more time with in one case. So it is a snooker cue case. (laughs) Snooker cue case with carry handle. And there is uh, some uh, flippy open uh, clasps. (laughs) Yeah. Revealing yeah. a Mordheim warband inside. Wow. This would be way more impressive if you could see what the thing was. Yeah, oh I can see it. I can word. see it now. What have you done? Oh take, take, measure, take measure and dice on one end with your warband roster and then individual slots for all your miniatures in there. How fancy am I going to look turning up on Saturday? The, the, <laughs> you're like a you're like a Q in like a 1970s film of Bond. It's like, Bond, we've prepared you a Mordheim case. As you go, it's uh, got clasps. <laughs> also, one what, what of the problems you'd always have with the old Games Workshop carry cases, you just said Warhammer 40,000 on the front, so you'd have to walk through the city centre looking like a yeah. proper nerd. Yeah. Whereas if you're walking around with that, you look very classy. Exactly. Well, you someone in the chat yeah, is full green. Just... game, clearly. Yeah, yeah good, good game of snooker. Every break out the seal. <laughs> yeah, full green was just pointing out the fact you, this is fantastic. I always want to use a guitar case for an army. Actually, Nick, if you mm. just invented something here, the cooler That's carrying cases. Yeah, coolcarrycase.com. Yeah. Oh, wow. And for children, straight in this bitch. 
<laughs> I got my noise marines. Get rid out my tuba yeah. box. There we go. <laughs> tuba box um, just for God, because you just make a big noise and everything falls over. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's can true. I just thank uh, Baron AJ in the chat uh, for subscribing, Ooh. resubscribing, Brian Spirillo for resubscribing, Wargaming Dad for resubscribing. I missed all those a moment ago. I just want to thank all of you guys. Uh, my Federer carry cases were featured on South Park recently in their tabletop games episode. <laughs> I didn't even know they had a tabletop gaming episode, but I'm going to have to look at that. They do. Yeah. It is also yeah. it, uh, mixed in with uh, trans people in sports at the same time. Like it's oh, a okay. very so we very don't get low... a full episode to ourselves like World of Warcraft did. Yeah. Uh, to, to a degree, they didn't mention Warhammer at all, which is pretty amazing. But they were like, they mentioned Gloomhaven, like they mentioned quite a lot of stuff. Actually, it was mm-hmm. a great episode. It was a great episode. Uh, uh, Tom, you done any hobby this week other than like, yeah. sorting stuff out today? What you done? I played a game today against Space Wolves on Retrieval Mission with Sisters, and I didn't roll a five or a six on my Miracle Dice until turn three. So I'm just sat there like, hmm, well. You get to sit on your free objectives, and I get to sit on my free objectives, and we both hoard banner points, and you get up of moment over time, and uh, I'll just trade you. I mean, we got a 10-10, so that was brilliant. It was a good fun game, to be fair, but it was just like uh, Storm Shields, and it was another one of those lists where they had three ways of making me fight last. I had Murderous Hurricane on the Rune Priest. We had a Judiciar in there, and then we had the Armor of Russ, so it's yeah. very hard for me to charge anything. Um, but I managed to get some creative things off, which I was quite pleased with. For example, I was charging Seraphim into a Judiciar, who is buried in a brick of um, uh, Wolfguard, the 10 squad of Vanguard Vet Wolfguard. So I charged with Seraphim in, so he couldn't heroically intervene six inches into my Repentia and then stop them from fighting until last. So I charged the Seraphim in, then charged the Repentia in, and then he had no way to get the Judiciar into range of the uh, Repentia. So the Repentia just killed all this Wolfguard. And that happened like a couple of times. And that was quite a fun puzzle to work out. Other than that, I've been painting knights. I've gone outside and sprayed them all. Here is my last uh, Helverin. Here he is. I'm Whoa. just working my legs. I've ran out of blue, so I had to order some stuff from Games Workshop. It arrived in two days, unlike my Element Games order, which has been uh, waiting for over three months. <laughs> wow. That's all right. But I'm waiting for some Vallejo stuff, so I don't know. What did you order off them? A GPU? Some... No, some of the, uh, well, my mate's still waiting on his 3090. Uh, you know the boxes of, like, the paint on, like, snow? Yeah. I'm waiting last time of that. I ordered that on 25th of January and it's still not come. But maybe that's, you know, just a, a case. Maybe of it's on the boat. Arriving. Yeah, they said it was going to arrive on the 17th of March, and then it hasn't, so I'm assuming it was somewhere in the Suez Canal. Um, and I've also been painting my guardsman Marbo, and of course, as I always do with my guardsman, I made him ginger. So I just need to finish off the base and then do the orc head and then the gun. I mean, he's done. I finished another guard shelf over there on the other side. So that is that, a that's a lot. Answer. You've done a lot this month. Yeah, uh, this month. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's been good. Uh, uh, so yeah, one of the things. Oh, mid uh, midiville. Thank you for resubscribing. Thanks for everything during lockdowns. Our pleasure. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, big hobby. Uh, one of the. Uh, um, I think things that's happening a lot is there is a lot of stuff out of stock either at Games Workshop or generally mm. across the UK. Yeah. Like, running out. like mm. there's some supply global supply <clears throat> chain issues um, we're in, uh, going we're in on. In the all. real end times. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. Is actual end. Times. I, had, I had to wait a while on some more magnetized bases to arrive, but they did arrive. So I, I trust Element Games. I've been shopping there for a long time. So uh, I'm sure it'll arrive at some point when it's actually in stock. So we'll wait on yeah, that. It's I, not an urgent thing. I'm quite concerned. Uh, I'm going to have to start uh, painting all the train with just a sort of roller, basically, and some, uh, some yeah. flat-up emulsion. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was... at the terrain and then varnish it. 
if anyone is uh, if anyone is interested, I've said this before again. But if anyone is like looking for like Games Workshop like spray paints and there's none available, I can't I can't um, uh, suggest uh, Montana uh, like graffiti spray cans enough. I've been using them for all the terrain I've been doing here, and it goes on really nice. It doesn't like you know sometimes you overspray stuff and it goes on quite thick. I don't find that to be the case. Um, it's really it's a really nice undercoat and it's worked really well so far for me. Uh, yeah, so I've, I've used um, I've used a purple from for my uh, Death Guard bases, like a, just a graffiti spray paint purple. It's really nice. Okay, did you know what brand and cheaper it was? as well? Uh, one sec, I can grab it. Okay, yeah. So I've been I've been using Montana specifically uh, because that was suggested in the YouTube video. So um, uh, and Gabawaki says Halford's Plastic Grey Primer is also awesome. There you go. So there Cobra. might be some there might be some options. Oh no, I think Nick has maybe knocked his camera. It's just turned into a disaster. It has. Oh, can we hear it? No, it's all right. Well, you're back. To, you're oh. back, Nick. We're all good. Yeah, it's, it's a co- cobra can. Cobra? Cobra yeah. can. With a K. Cobra can. Yeah, with a K. Oh, made by the Kardashians. Uh, no idea. Could be. <laughs> um, but that was, I think it was £5-ish on eBay. So That's pretty good. Pay. Not eBay. Uh, Amazon, sorry. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Well, um yeah, it's good. How have you found? How did you find it? Did it work nice? Was it like uh, it takes it takes longer to dry than usual, but it was uh, really good. Yeah, mm. yeah, same. That's what I thought about mine. Yeah, yeah, uh, Cobra because it's cooler. There you go. All right, um, my hobby this week. If anyone's interested, real quick, uh, is, is it three D printed terrain? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but like in good news, mm. and I was uh, I was um, is yesterday. I think I've like cracked the Crack problem. The uh, crack the code of like creating functional slash also um, functional slash good looking terrain, which has been kind of a yeah. problem. It's yeah. like it's a bit of a halfway house solution. I mentioned it on the show earlier today, but um, I think what we're going to have is we're going to have four boards, which are going to be ALs plus whatever additional thing it'll be. Uh, and then we're going to have four boards, which are going to be instead of ALs, we'll have crates. Because the crate mm-hmm. keywords obscuring and also um, uh, impassable is a crate the keyword. Only, the only big difference is that mm-hmm. it isn't really breachable, and also yeah. you can't like dig yourself into a corner where you have to go all the way around to see something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but Chemex in the chat uh, talking about we're talking about spray cans. Uh, my the reason I got into spray cans was because of the uh, YouTuber being suggested in the chat by Chemex, which is uh, Marco Fizzroni or Fizzroni or something like that. Um, yeah. But Marco has a whole video getting the right spray caps for graffiti cans and how to spray them. So that's worth a watch, especially in these times. And also it's cheaper. I don't know how much your eBay can was or uh, Amazon can Nick was, but because I've got a local spray can shop across the road, it was only £4 for my mm. 25p a nozzle. So it's a fucking mm. bargain. Yeah. Was yours about the same? Yeah, about five. Yeah, oh, yeah. So pretty similar. Yeah. Uh, Marco Fisroni. That's it. That's who it was. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Tom. So, I, we talked about this quite a bit. And, like, me and Tom had, like, a phone call yesterday where we talked about it for a while. And we and <laughs> normally on a WTC board, Nick, I know you know this. I'm just telling everyone. Is there's ALs, which are breachable and obviously also obscuring. <laughs> and then there are four other things. Forests or crates or mm-hmm. um, uh, grates is the other one which gets often yeah, forgotten yeah, yeah. the circular grate uh, but we're going to turn four of the tables are going to have instead of eight L's they'll have eight containers so instead of them being breachable they won't be breachable and like mm. like I'm just kind of dropping this on you now Nick I don't know what your thoughts are on that how do you well, feel about that my instant reaction is why not have so you're kind of having it's like a 50-50 mm-hmm. eight of this eight of that 
is there no room for like four of that, four of that, and then uh, what? So a two that are mixed. So a mix of the two, if that makes sense. I don't know, like what the numbers would be. Uh, so you've got like eight L's and eight crates. Could you have a board so with 12 four, pieces L, total. four L's and uh, four crates? Plus uh, so the, the, pro the, the plus problem is, is like finding files that make good L's because L's are very mm -hmm. specific dimension. Uh -huh. If not, like, uh, like they always have to be like a half of a building. <laughs> like there isn't really any other fucking like there's no naturally occurring L shape. Um, so like it's kind of like half a or even half. You could do half a cliff, but I haven't found a file for half a cliff. I guess. Um, uh, but the uh, there there would be an option to maybe do like four L's, four crates, four forests, and four grates if you wanted. Um, the, mm -hmm. I think the the main focus at the moment is to try to keep. It feels like eight pieces of obscuring terrain is very important so it's like if you have 12 pieces on a board you have eight that are obscuring and then you have yeah. four of something else well, and you can mix too. those four up but do you know what i mean like that feels like it's a fundamentally uh important part because you can create like the right zones i think with eight but yeah that's my general kind of consensus but you're right and i think there's also like some strengths and weaknesses like me and tom talked yesterday i think infantry on foot get a significant bonus with L's in existence mm -hmm. because they can walk into the volume of the L and then kind of charge through and it's breachable. Yeah. And it's a little yeah. like, like, I, I think Do it's like, good. Go on. Yeah, I think it's good that infantry have that bonus and uh, a benefit over vehicles, but did they need that in the previous edition? Like infantry to me seems much better than vehicles now. Do they still need the same? Do they still need all those ruins to have they still need that advantage of vehicles now or do vehicles uh, need the boost by them having more things to slow them up well i think that's that's the that was the conversation that's what me and tom talked about in detail yesterday like is is if you if you significantly change like what's of it like if it's if there aren't eight l's but instead eight obscuring i think i saw uh logan say earlier in the chat like obviously like jump pack infantry much more favor that they do better than on-foot infantry, so Vanguard vets already go up, and they're already really strong. Sanguinary Guard get better, they're already strong. So it's interesting, that's why I think we discussed yesterday splitting the gaming centre, or the arena, sorry, uh, into uh, two sets of four, really, so mm -hmm. that there's, um, and I think that even works quite nicely for team events if we did it so it was two and two. Um, so, like, if you're having teams of four play, let's say, or even a team of eight play, I think if you had it, like, you know, four and four, so then you can try and pair into the the right board but then i think also it means that it i think i'd like to run it here for a while because i'd like to see what the meta looks like or what people's gaming experiences are like when there's not as many l's and we probably won't get that from like tournament events at all because i think people are so pressurized into producing stuff like i was talking yesterday if you're doing a hundred person event you're making 600 pieces of terrain like, which is why they all look shit. <laughs> <'Cause it's> yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, so it looks like, it, yeah, it just looks like crap, right? Um, uh, so yeah. yeah, that's been that. That's what what amazes me, uh, and I think Tom, I said this to you yesterday, is, um, it's amazing how much knowledge you needed that, like me and Tom in that conversation, that we needed to be able to produce a board of effective terrain. Like, Tom, you got any thoughts on it? Because it took us a while. Yeah, I, th I think one of the things I was saying to you yesterday was that I felt like it was a little bit disappointing that in order to create a playable and enjoyable game, we had to go into this much detail. 
about what we needed on the board to allow certain things to happen, right? Well, to let, allow the game to be to be good, right? Exactly. Rather than just you turn it with your mates, you throw down some cool bits of terrain, you play the game. Whereas now, specifically, if we're talking about like competitive play, not even high-end competitive play, just competitive play, to create an interesting environment, you have to design boards very specifically. Like we we had we had to struggle with the problem of what if we take some L's out. Why is this? Why is it so important that we need these elves? Yeah, we were like, what are the positives? And I think there are positives, right? Like, so the positives are obviously that it makes just general infantry better. Like your ten racks aren't having to like walk around uh, like uh, a crate, which means it's impassable. So you're not walking around. Instead, they can walk into the volume of that space, and then yeah. they can kind of charge through it. So like, whereas like old pox walkers or something like that, where they generally would be screwed. So, like, like, the meta is very dictated by their existence. And also, they make units... Vi- and the fact that they make units viable is a positive. Like, big thumb, they make units viable. And I think that's positive. But then it's almost like the game only really works because the terrain works to make the units viable, which is quite interesting. Because let's say you mm. played with all crates, as an example. Would we see generally infantry that wasn't jump pack slash flying infantry? Mm. Would it just be cheaper because it just gets fucking torn to pieces by some mid range fire? Yeah, In, like I think it's fascinating. I think like yeah, you could, yeah. I mean, we had this discussion yesterday as well when we played our first game of night. We played each other, right? And we treated all the terrain as being non-breachable, and we had a great time. But then, obviously, only having five turns also slows you down. Where you can't just take your time and like Benny Hill around the terrain. You have to go. <laughs> Right, and yeah. uh, it's not even that our oh, games workshop have designed the terrain specifically so you can play enjoyable games. It's no, we've designed this game and we have created boards independently that allow us to play it in an enjoyable manner. Well, this is where like we one hundred percent have to like we have to shout out Ishik and all of the WTC crew in this situation because if it wasn't for Ishik and if it wasn't for the WT standard which he's got for teams and he's got for singles. Whether or not you 100% agree, I think it was Gitli uh, earlier today, or generally who says he thinks it's too much. Yeah. Okay. What, but, but whether or not you mm. agree with it, it gives yeah. us a framework to move on from. Mm-hmm. That's so yes. important. And like, if we that's... take that, for example, then we move yeah. on to the question of how do we make this look absolutely fantastic? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is a hard problem. Yeah, that, <laughs> you that, can't that is... make eight L's look realistic. Because if you, I, I could go outside, walk for 10 miles into the city centre, I wouldn't see an L anywhere. <laughs> Nowhere! Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just in, in the street. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> it's so unnatural. I, right. If I were to get to near Callum Island on the north side where a lot of the old dilapidated factories used to be, if I get lucky, I might see an L. But that's about what? 12 miles away. <laughs> I feel like if I feel if we'd have gone into like downtown New York mid seventies eighties we'd have been all right, um, uh, but like I mean that's Sheffield, mate. Like I'm not gonna <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna give you anything on that one. Like uh, <laughs> um, uh, I've seen an L where I live, old school being demolished from one end to the other. Perfect. Uh, yeah, it's the Harlequin's coat. Oh wait, sorry. Uh, Neil says in the chat, I agree that for singles events and a lot of WTC tables are a little too heavy. The two lighted ones are probably best for single play. But I still think it's so important to have the conversation. Um, when it stays on, says L's exist due to the ease of model placement, though, right? Because if it was just gutted building with four standing walls, it's uh, more of a pain pain to place. Yeah, absolutely. Like you either have them like be. I think the, that's why crates is such an important conversation because if it's just like cool, 
like so i made this uh, i printed this really beautiful tyranid thing it's like got like uh like tentacles coming out and it's like you couldn't ever fucking place a model on it so it couldn't be a forest because you can place stuff in a forest so it can't be that and it can't be well i would i would i would say it could be a forest because you could have a base on which is like let's say a couple of inches outwards from where it hits the floor call it a forest so you could go onto the terrain on the base around it and the, uh, the yeah, forest you could. effects from the edge of the base upwards. yeah yeah yeah, I could. I, I think you could. I think that there's a good conversation there as well, and that's one of the suggestions actually that came up is turn that into something that you can kind of put models on. But then you're like, but anyway, like the, it, it's it's a great conversation and it's fascinating. Um, uh, but yeah, there's loads loads to unpack about it. And but I, I at least cracked it yesterday. I at least know what I'm doing now for the eight tables we've got, which is a good start. Yeah. So I think we're yeah. going to have eight really really nice looking terrain tables um and uh and they're also going to be very functional in game couldn't really ask for more it's pretty much uh the only problem is is obviously i'm painting them so uh they'll look nice uh but they'll be painted by a mole man uh <laughs> 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 anyway anyway that's that's terrain yeah. terrain's quite forgiving i think i don't think it's like if you mess up a terrain piece i think it's much easier to fix it over time than a model would be just because the scale of it Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so even if on your foot, like you can always go back, go back again, Bob. Go back to the model later, which is something we always traditionally do as war gamers, right? Yeah. I go guess. back to it later. Yeah, I guess I don't feel very. I don't think if people are paying, like, I mean, to be fair, fucking brass balls on some of those American tos. They're like, hey, do you want to come play Warhammer? Like, yeah, no problem. Here's some like fucking cardboard i found hit like the box. table i mean that is the the physical manifestation of internet explorer asking to be a default browser isn't it <laughs> it's like do you want to come to my talk no 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 but i guess anyway. people want their fake internet points so much but they'll come anyway oh look yeah. i took admech and won an event on bowling so i can planet bowling ball i am yeah. so skilled <laughs> i am the power that yeah. you cannot stop yeah anyway <laughs> Anyway, all right. Talking about Planet Bowling Ball um, uh, news, there's none really, uh, like in, in 40k terms. Uh, is there any news waiting. on the app? There is one. Oh, there is two bits of news on the app actually. So first okay. bit of news: they announced that Dogmata persists a battle. Now I think this has the potential to be giga broken if they do it in a certain manner, because it would allow. Well, explain to, to us the whole thing. So persists the... battle are reliant upon the miracle dice to get very consistent charges. Now, with a lot of these chaplain-like characters, you see plus two to your charge range incorporated into potential litanies. Imagine if you could do that with Sister Battle. Now you can get two potential charges off and trade even more efficiently. So that could become something that could be very much a staple of Sister Battle's armies. So you might have to see that ridiculous, goofy face all over the tables constantly. Are you talking about the... Like, I think you kind of skipped the first bit. They've announced the release yeah, of the model. They a Sister Battle model called the Dogmata, which okay, is effectively perfect. a chaplain for Sisters. And mm. that is that is what I would say about that. Second, and you're, you're keen on you're keen on that, aren't you? But are you not concerned at the minute because it looks like a sister's codex is just around the corner? Yeah, it's fine. Least... I, yeah, it's, I haven't bought a sister's codex, um, so it's fine. Who has? Who has? <laughs> uh, second bit of news is I put all my codes into the app yesterday. Okay, using our Warhammer in, account. In, in, no, in my Warhammer account. Oh, I what? Not our Warhammer account? How no, dare no, you? No, yeah, no, I'm I'm very exclusionary. So I actually used it, and it was actually really useful for constantly checking things like Murderous Hurricane and the um, 
Judicia as I was playing. It was actually really useful for that. So if I'm stood at a table, rather than having to cart my entire library to the tournament and then pull it out of the big bag, it was actually kind of useful. The one negative bit of feedback I have for it is I couldn't find the secondary objectives anywhere. Oh, okay. Like what, so, you couldn't find this inside overall, the app? Inside the app. Overall, I was pleasantly surprised. Now, it could be that I couldn't find the um, secondary objectives anywhere because I am a moron and I can't read. But I'm still looking now and I can't seem to find them. But overall, pleasantly surprised. I quite liked it. It was you quite tried useful. writing a list on it. So you've used it just more of a rules reference. Yes. So when I was playing writing. this game, I was um, I was like going over, I was having a look at the judiciary to see exactly what the wording was on its make you fight last ability. And Murderous Hurricane the same and Armor of Rust the same. So I was just flicking through there and it was really useful rather than me having to wheel my squeaky chair all the way back to the back of my room, pull my codex out, flick out through all the pages. It was actually kind of kind of nice, to be honest. Did you um, trust all the information that's in the app? Yeah, I did, I and that. it didn't sell me short. When it oh, does, really? I will go wild. But until then, positive. Okay, wow, okay. I would still like everyone to yeah. just... When it stays like, on, they aren't in there. That's very sad. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. positive app experience on the Honest Four Gamer Heresy. I would still personally think no one should ever download it or use it because they don't deserve... Like, they haven't... There's nothing in the past, like... So, doesn't here's my thing. I'm not giving them any money. Nice. <laughs> I just put my books into the app and we're sorted. And actually, putting the codes in was really easy. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Right. Until, they win, until they win the App of the Year award, I'm not interested. I mean, we've yeah. got to be Battle Scribe, and that's not going to happen, is it? No. So. Well, I mean, the judges are very biased. I just want to be clear about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they're going to have uh, to do some really fucking good work to get the judges on board. <laughs> One of my players they're going to have to send him a lot of gifts. No, <laughs> lot one of, of gifts. my players just sent me a list for a scrim we're going to do, and it's literally just a screenshot of an Excel file. <laughs> that, that's how you write lists nowadays. It's Excel all the way. <laughs> Track and trace and uh, 40k lists. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, we still we saw some codexes away. Uh, I think there might be a bit of a dearth in um, 40k land for a while, because I think they're going to pump out all of the Age of Sigmar crap so they can get 3rd yeah. edition out as quick as possible. Um, They've got to so, push back 10th edition, so we get this gem of an edition for even longer. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, no one's really... That's going to be a really interesting point, actually. I know, obviously, the, Ameri the, the Americans are still playing. <laughs> oh, lol. Um, uh, and also... They take it very seriously and then fuck it up. Yeah, and then... Um, Do you call what they're doing playing, really? No. Oh, like, let's just dog on them forever. I'm in. Yeah. I'm into this. I'm into this. I was describing this to someone last night, and I was like, I, was like, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm like against Americans now. She was like, that's strong. Like that's a strong opinion to be against them. I was like, just decided. Like I'm just I'm doing it. There are some that I like. There are some that I like. There are some that I like, but it's few and far between. But there are some great guys. Uh, anyway, should we talk about the Codex? Batman Majority is okay, we're against you too. Perfect. See, that's the relationship I want. Right. Yeah. Oh, one <laughs> you can come over here, play, play on our tables. That'd be you horrific. We can come over here, play on our tables. We'll show them what's up. I, do, do, you know what, do you know what, though, Tom? Like, like thinking about things like the LGT this year and everything else, like, I completely understand why we're seeing those tables with all that fucking paper card stuff. Because you have to. Like, mm. 600 pieces of terrain for a 100-person event. 100-person event's, like, pretty standard nowadays, right? 
It's not like not that well, big. Mainly because people like big events because firstly it means they have to play five peasants. And secondly, <laughs> they get loads of points. Like and we've, we've already had this precedent. Remember the TT combat MB MDF stuff that was all laser cut? Mm-hmm. We've already had this precedent. It's just people trying out different materials. So it's it's not been an issue for the last couple of years, but that's because oh, actually, people have got that's... a different standard of terrain, I guess. That's actually the other piece of news talking about England generally uh, and 40k in America uh, specifically, which I'll bring up with you guys. I brought it up on the adjacent show, but uh, maybe Tom and Nick, you've got some different conspiracy theories slash opinions. So I thought I'd bring it up. Always. Uh, the yeah, the the breaking apart of Frontline Gaming Network (FLGN) and uh, the Art of War uh, Network (AW) AOWN, the uh, the parting of companies. Apparently, uh, very uh, what's the right word? Um, uh, uh, thank you uh, amicable terms uh, but an interesting split and division yeah. uh, there's obviously some people just like well you know uh, FLGN did a really nice uh, thing in lifting up the art war, art war guys and helping them like get settle and become their own business yeah was it a bit of that lifting up your friends and fellows some people thinking that there's a split so that FLGN can become kind of like the sports network casting on teams and AWO uh, AOW sorry being one of the super teams that will be appearing at many of the 40k events uh, other suggestions are that there was like a drunk back roll, uh, backroom brawl between uh, uh, several of the these individuals. I don't want to get into that, but uh, John Lennon looks like he gets a bit fisty after a couple of beers. Um, uh... mm. <laughs> I, I heard it was People more about know um, the demands they were about. making. The Art of War guys, I heard they were making a lot of outrageous demands and like wanting free Divas. tickets for all these Diva, events. Diva wanting... in it. What are you like, you know, Maltesers in a jar when they get there and all sorts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, oh, TJ Lanigan has left Art of War also. Wow. Uh, I, heard, I heard he didn't like Death Guard. And then when Death Guard were like gig or broken, uh, his credibility took a bit of a hit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, TJ's fine. He turns up to every tournament in a suit. It's great. Evening. Yeah. Serbia, suit. Doesn't care. Doesn't faze him. <laughs> Loves it. Uh, I heard they wanted a bowl of more teasers with no chocolate on them, so they decided now, to leave. Pay-per-view for like any of the of war would be top viewing. Okay, so... Only yellow M&Ms. Do not take this. <laughs> like, would you pay to see a grown man assault a child in the street? That would be Art of War Assault in the FLG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Straight kicking the shit out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's funny sometimes when I type in Art of War into like YouTube or something, and then I'm like, it's like Shun Tzu's Art of War, and I'm like, no, Art of War 40k, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, this is what I'm looking for. Uh, Nanavati said he wouldn't go on stage unless I got him a bowl of blue M&Ms. <laughs> I'm going to find the story, there was a Counter-Strike player for Verts Pro called Pasha, and he only got one egg at the Major, and it was so gre- egregious we had to hear about it. I'll get really? it <laughs> anyway, anyway, so yeah, some some hot gossip in kind of like the uh, the media echelons of the 40k yeah. universe. Uh, I didn't say top echelons in case somehow I'd had to hear a, a five minute diatribe from Tom. Uh, like I was cautious. <laughs> <laughs> Tom keeping all of us level and in line with the Europeans in no way. Uh, <laughs> all right, uh, yeah, because I thought that was I've interesting. Got the tweet. I've got it. Here it is. Here it is. I'm going to read it out. Okay. So this, uh, can you give us context for the tweet before you read it out? Okay, so basically there was a big Counter-Strike event. A player for one of the teams, Virtus Pro, one of the Polish players, one of the best teams in the world, 
on Twitter. He, you get the event breakfast paid for by the event organizers. And Pasha goes on Twitter to say, I am a person who will almost never complain about an event condition. But when they say you can only have two eggs for breakfast or there is no more chicken you make for you, I'm getting angry. <laughs> so he's across <laughs> and haven't given him any chicken or enough chicken eggs. <laughs> Fucking brilliant! Can we? That's what I think it is. That's what I think it is. Can we normalize something as well? I don't get any breakfast through my events. Fuck this game! I'm out. Well, this is what I want to say. Can we normalize something now in the future? Because I feel like with the Honest War Gamer, we were great. I feel when events were a thing, we did some. We were intense on our reviews. It's like you went to an event. I'm like Nick. What were the tables like? What the hand dryers like? How was the food? Methodical. We covered the important, the important subjects: food, hand dryers, etc. Yeah, loads of like cues. <clears throat> how was the organization done? Like important yeah. questions. And I feel mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and we don't. I, I want more of that in the future. I want some normalization because, like, again, thinking about terrain yesterday and these poor bastard tos who have to make a hundred, two hundred, four hundred tables worth of terrain. Like, we're gonna mm-hmm. rag on them when we see them in like six months' time because they're gonna be like, mm-hmm. "That looks awful." Yeah, but then they'll be like, "Yeah, you try and organize four hundred, like, well, a hundred table, two hundred tables." I'll be like, "No." It's an impossible task. Like, I completely understand where you're at. Like, it's fine. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I feel like there needs to be a bit of ragging on events so that the ticket price of events goes up. I know I said it. Fucking shoot me if you think that that's wrong. But I think that we are we pay way too low for events. It's like, I'd like to go to a one day. They're like, they want it charges £12.50. The fucking cheek. The fucking <laughs> cheek of a £12.50 day event. Like, All he's got to do is organise 100 odd people. <laughs> loads of table, loads of terrain, all the pack, everything, all the lists. <sighs> what do you want? Uh, yeah, I know. Tom, you got any thoughts about... Uh, like, I know because you're a part of the WTC, you guys would probably play up to your knees in a muddy field uh, on uh, boards made out of uh, Mate, the boards barely come up to my knees, motherfucker. I'm six foot four. It's not very good. You take it for all these <laughs> like short kings that keep turning up and I've just got to like ruin my back playing every weekend. It's horrific. Yeah, so I, I think your like kind of um, standards are a bit lower, I guess, than the, the average just like the Joe. tables. Huh? <laughs> just like the tables. Just like the tables. <laughs> All right, fine. Uh, anyway, I just thought we could talk about it, but don't worry, we won't be. Nah, nah. Yeah, right. Uh, ticket prices versus cost of booze in hotels, etc., is a minimal. Leo Crusher, I think, I think that's the point. I think the ticket mm-hmm. price is probably the cheapest part of a weekend away. It depends on. So when I yeah, and it's the main weekend, thing, isn't it? Yeah, like it's when I, when I do a weekend, I don't normally get a hotel because if my event, like if I'm going to an event, it's normally Warhammer World, it's normally uh, Element Games, it's normally Sanctuary, somewhere like that, right? You I live on the within, table. Yeah, I live within an hour of each of those. Okay. So if I'm going to Hull or I'm going to Liverpool or I'm going to London or I'm going to Birmingham, then I'll get a hotel. Or if I'm going to Cardiff, I'll get a hotel. But were you? Who was? No, I think it was me and Nathan. I don't know. Oh, we, we went to, when we covered the Just Play series event uh, up in Liverpool. I honestly think they put us in like a crack den. Like there was, it was like an Airbnb. Yeah, where there was like a fist fight outside that Nathan had to get up and go and stop. Yeah, and there was also the, like a riot in the back garden. Wait a minute, was, which event was this? This is the, this is an Age of Sigmar event. I was just remembering now about the places we've been put up. Whereas when we were at LGT, we got put up at a really nice, uh, like fancy Airbnb because it was in the middle of London. Um, mm. But I was just thinking, I was like, I was like, like if you're like willing, if you're like, I personally think go and find the cheapest hotel slash accommodation possible. Really, don't tell, don't say that on air. People will buy that. What do you mean? 
Well, if you tell everybody on air that you'll just sleep in the cheapest area possible, <laughs> give you the cheapest hotel. Unless it's a T.O. paying for it, in which case I would at we least like a whole bed. Okay, okay yeah. <laughs> and, we, and we need a separate soundproof room for Nikos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for That's Rob. Fair. This is a reference to the fact that I may make some noises while sleeping. Um, the the point is, though, is uh, I don't know. I just feel like we could normalise ticket prices, but that's a conversation further down the road, anyway. Uh, right. So, like, mate, like, uh, huh? like cartel behaviour. Everyone would just charge their prices at sixty-five quid a weekend. Like, what, what is so? What is the so in the UK? What is the current like? average nick what about you like, what's the i think average? well like what world was like 65 wasn't it and i think a norm i'd say not a standard sort of like For a two-day weekend two-day like a normal two-day weekend independent organizer 50 to 60 pounds yeah, no i think it was more like Something 40 like to 50 right no i think it was around the 50 mark you've 50, said 50, I, I said 50 like we've also yeah. 50 at some point i think it's 50 yeah anyway so, tw- so 25 pounds a day hmm yeah, but it's for a two-day, I like, you know, I'm happy to do that. You've got to give up, like, two days of your working time as well, rather than just, you know, one day. Like, your entire weekend's and wiped out there. You need something in it for yourself, don't you? So, Her Minister says, think is, you pay 30 to 40 quid just to go to watch a band. At least a cinema trip is 13 to 40 pound per person, not including food. Uh, well, no, including food. That's like a, a sausage. But make all the money of a popcorn, mate. That's what I'm going to get you. Uh, Neil Kerr says I used to charge fifty pound for two days at Warhammer World uh, or Maelstrom, including lunches. That was ten years ago. Surely inflation. Yeah, it's it was regularly about sixty five to seventy, um, uh, and that would sell out every time. Like it was just sold out flat uh, with like a hundred people. Uh, LGT is fifty. Says yes, meat balls. Um, uh, Warhammer Wargaming Dad says I think I paid thirty five pounds for two day at Bix. Uh, and also there's been a question in the chat: What's Tom drinking? Tom, what you got yourself a cheeky level? Doesn't, doesn't matter, mate. <laughs> Tom's become a bit of a wido over this uh, period of time or whatever. It depends what's available. Can I drink mate. to get through <laughs> this edition. I do. I do. <laughs> the edition is my wide drinking phase. <laughs> Everyone else developed like a new hobby through lockdown, like caring for an allotment or uh, painting miniatures or whatever. Doing my new hobby is alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> let's all keep a let's all keep an eye on that. Uh, Bobo was sixty. Now I think Bobo like I think sixty feels right, but. Anyway, we can talk about this forever. Let, but that's not what we're here for. Let's get on to the actual subject. You've been here uh, 45 minutes and we haven't even started talking about recovery. Be, you know, because, like, that's not what we're here for. We're, like, community representatives. We talk about all the issues. We we discuss them together. Like, we're, we're more on the bro end than the information end some days. Which I think is... Because we deep dive information. You know? We don't just yeah. gloss over it like it's just, like, nothing. So I do three shows on a single book. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know everyone else is a coward. We need, we need two of the number of rules this book has got. Nikos. Uh, way. One hundred and twenty-three. One hundred and twenty-three oh. rules. Nick, what do you massive, define as rules for the number. people at home? Uh, anything like a warlord trait, a relic, a stratagem, uh, a detachment ability, or like a common ability for a detachment. Anything like that. Okay, yeah. So, but Psychic not the powers. data sheets. They're separate. Nothing right? on the data sheet. No, they're they're not included in this. So, uh, just give us some sort of headline information. So, Space Marine Core Book was how many rules? Do you remember? Oh God, uh, um, I can't remember. Around hundred something Death like that. Guard. It was like eighty-seven for Death Guard, right? For context. Yeah, yeah. Death Guard's like eighty-nine. Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's like forty more basically in this book versus the other. 
which kind of makes sense because really it's three armies, right? Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. kind of, it's, it's a bit weird. Uh, we'll go for it and it, it's kind of easy to understand. But it is three armies, right? It's Homunculus Covens, mm-hmm. which is, uh, and it's also Cabals. So I'm also very it, glad they didn't make them supplements. Yet. That would... <laughs> <laughs> yet. Tom, get, Tom, get the yet. wide out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll stop him with a glass and get him a bottle if they make them supplements. <laughs> I hear that war machine's pretty good. Yeah, great. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Only a month to go until Rome Total War Remastered comes out. <laughs> Tom can sip his wine. Uh, but yeah, Death Guard was something like 87. I think Nick's still looking for the marine amount uh, to give you some indication. But I think... I think can I just Probably say before we get... Wow. Can we get before we get into the book that the book I think is both great because it is really three armies, but it also suffers for it being three armies, which is where I felt um, uh, the last edition, eighth edition that we saw Drukari play, like the Homunculus Coven stuff was so significantly strong. It was so good, grotesques and Talos, etc. Obviously, you would have people dip into everything else, but really the witch cults weren't really seen, and I would argue. That like there's as much there's as many data sheets in the witch cult side of this book as there is in a whole Harlequins book. Maybe, maybe. Um, like, but like Harlequins gets its own like uh, love Harlequins forever and ever. Uh, if destroyed, still true. But like you know that you know it's it being a book of three armies kind of means sometimes I feel like the internal parity can be quite hard done by. I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys got any thoughts on that last edition. Uh, what Dark Eldar and Eighth Edition? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I felt like they were very one-dimensional because it was very much like here are the builds you take. It is here's a bunch of Talos, and then here are a bunch yeah. of um, Ravages with real ones to hit. Yeah, into yeah, it. That's it. That's and then you you would get later on people taking grotesques when I believe terrain was reworked slightly because um, they can go into buildings. Cause they yeah, the magic boxes and what have yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, and they they popped up for a bit, but otherwise it was just Talos. Um, and they did their thing. I mean, either you could deal with it or you couldn't, and it wasn't a particularly like, unique army or an interesting army. And maybe I had a couple of tweaks here and there with like racks or what have you, and bigger squads of racks, but that was about it. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, just so you know, Logan's going to come on next week. He's got some thoughts on this, and we're going we're to throw him on the show next week. Um, Sounds good. Uh, next Thursday, to, like, he, wants, he, wants, he wants some thoughts on it, uh, so we will. We're just going to do more of a read-through today, so it's probably more opinion piece next week than it is today. Uh, so, like we've talked about, the army's kind of split up into three. You've got Cabals, Witches, and Hunkers Covens. I don't think that... Uh, and you can also do Real Space Raiders as well. Uh, uh, but there's no point. So I can explain that. this. Well, I can explain this very quickly if you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Drakari Detachments uh, gain two rules. The game of Raiding Forces rule and the Weakling Kin rule. Neither of those are particularly exciting. And the first one, Raiding Forces, is if every detachment in your army is a Drakari Patrol Detachment, you can change your command, the uh, CP cost of those attachments to zero. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get into the um, Real Space Raid Detachment. Yeah. And then also, it also allows your Cabal, Witch Cult, and Homunculus Attachments to gain a Drakari Drakari obsession, and this is your equivalent of a um, a craft world or a space marine chapter or something. But you take it on a detachment. So, like this is my detachment of evil sons. It gets plus one to advance and charge. It's basically the same thing. Like this is my homunculus detachment. It gets these rules. Blah 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 blah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The second rule is weakling kin. Now, weakling kin effectively just allows you to it. it so. 
when the rule the free dropped, it also dropped alongside a rule that said you could not take a detachment of X um, keyword, right? So you couldn't take an Eldari detachment, or you couldn't take an Imperium detachment where you take like a Space Marine character as your HQ and then some Imperial Guardsmen as your troops choice, right? Yeah. Uh, this is just a continuation of this, uh, where specifically it says you cannot include Drakari and non-Drakari Eldari units in the same detachment unless those units have the Inari keyword. Um, so that just continues that. Now onto the real space raid. Effectively, what the raiding forces encourages you to do is take patrols. But if you want to, you can essentially just take instead take one big detachment instead of the patrols, right? So like, let's say you want to take a brigade and then you'd save yourself the CP cost of that by having your warlord in there. You can do that with Jakari and then have elements of witch cults, uh, cabal and homunculus covens in that detachment without penalizing yourself. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, so you can either go big or three littles, yeah, if you yeah. want to, or a number of littles. Um, and, and that is effectively how that works. I like that, Like to be honest. So, like, and I, I, It's interesting that the, the architecture of the book really forces you into one of uh, two kind mm. of ways of playing. I yes, think, exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks to, uh, sorry again, uh, for donating, uh, sorry, for subscribing for 13 months in a row. Uh, love, and love everyone for being here, thanks. And when it stays on, says one criticism of the book for him is that the Cabals and Witch Cults have uh, one choice that is so much better than all the others, it makes them redundant. Uh, also, Chemex says the new, real, the new Real Space Raiders is the coolest change, um, he thinks. So he hmm. really likes that, uh, which I can absolutely see. Um, and now wants some Space Raiders. <laughs> it is. It is cool because it allows you to play in, in a different way with this, but one big detachment was all coming for you as well, rather than forcing you to take patrols. Yeah, and patrols are very efficient as detachments because they allow you to. If you take three, you could take six of any slot, and then it only takes you three HQ. So it's virtually the same thing. So battalions, I don't think you'll see too much in here, but anything else you may, you may do. Yeah, I think uh, I think I think it's really good actually in some ways. But yeah, uh, now so that's the kind of like the detachment abilities and how that works. Uh, the next one, the Lords of Kamora ability. Uh, effectively, you can upgrade mm -hmm. uh, your yes. HQs. Uh, so you've got Splinter Genius, uh, 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 Show Stealer, and the Alchemelic yeah. Maestro, uh, or Alka Alchemical Maestro. I'll get that it's, right. It's okay, I'll, I'll take you get through these individually because it does it does matter. So effectively, uh, in the same way that you can upgrade a Space Marine Chaplain to be a Master of Sanctity or an Apothecary to a Chief Librarian or uh, to a Chief Apothecary, or what have you, you can do this a kind of similar thing with the uh, Succubus, the Witch Cults, the um, Archon for Cabals and the Homunculus for the Homunculus Covens, right? And these all cost you individual uh, points costs. So you can take Split the Genius on the uh, Archon, Show Stealer on the Succubus and Alch Alchemical Maestro, I don't know if that's spelled correctly, on the uh, Homunculus uh, and that costs you 20 and then 15 points for the other two for the Archon of the Succubus. I actually really like these. I specifically like the Succubus one. But we'll start with the, the Archon because he's the first one in, in the list. So that's the, the Cabalite uh, diversion. So this gives you access to a special rule, which by paying for this, you get this rule. And then you also have access to a relic and a warlord trait you can choose to take. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the special rule you get on the Archon is that once per battle at the end of the fight phase, if this model is within engagement range of any units, it can fight again. Now, this is different to a lot of other fight again stratagems because often it just says fight, this unit can fight again. And because it's not always that you need to be of an engagement range to be eligible to activate, right? For example, if you charge, 
it doesn't matter if you're still within one inches, you can you can still activate, right? So then you yep. do a free inch pile in them and you fight. Uh, that's an important distinction. Um, so you still have to be there. So if you kill a bunch of stuff, your, your opponent takes that stuff out within one inch, then you don't pile in, then you won't be able to fight again. So when, you fight, when you're at the end of the fight phase, you have to be in engagement range. Uh, you then have access to two. But you can uh, also do it. You can also do it because it says once part at the end of the fight phase. You can also do it in your opponent's fight phase, right? Yes, of course you can. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's not necessarily your fight phase. It's, it, Which I mean, is nice. So you could say your opponent's fight phase is even more valuable because you might free yourself up to do something in your own turn, yeah, like yeah. raise a banner or something, or run off and hit something else. Um, although that implies that you want to be using the Archon as a smash character, which I'm not entirely sure you always do. Um, if you want a smash character, I'd go for the Succubus, but we'll get to that in a second. So the relic you have access to is the Soul Helm. So this gives a bearer two abilities. It gives a minus one to be hit, and that's for melee and shooting. It just says each time an attack is made, the targets are bearer subtract one from the attack's hit roll. And then it also gives you a five plus DPR, um, which has diminishing returns when you've got fewer numbers of wounds and uh, a lower toughness because you've got more to roll for it. But it's still a useful ability regardless, right? Five plus DPR, we all know how annoying it can be to get through those, right? Um, interesting interesting that Death Guard, like Death Guard, I, I know I bring it up, like I don't want to bring this up mm. all the time, but interesting Very that fun. like Death Guard lost Disgust and Resilience across, like, it, well, it changed Disgust and Resilience, but they haven't given up on the idea of giving DPR saves out to different units. Like hmm. it's not so they haven't moved away from it as a piece of design they like oh, to put course. on models, mm -hmm. but like they're like we don't want this to be a whole over army ability. So like the, that 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 change from five up DPR to minus one damage was like a conscious choice that an army shouldn't have it yet. Like yes. it should still yeah, it I'm, still should exist. What's the it? only iron? What's the only army that still has it? As far as I can remember, I think it's just iron hands that have it like army wide or faction wide. Everyone else, it seems to be more individual yeah. characters or upgrades. I mean, even here, right? Traits. They took out the 6 plus DPR for um, uh, Power from Pain. They've made it a 6 plus invulnerable save. Mm. Yeah. So again, it's, it's walking into that philosophy of just trying to move away from the DPR. Ulfway still has it. But, they, but, they, but they've moved away yeah. from it, but like but it's not gone out of the design language. True. Right? It's still available in the design. Like They're still doing it. So. It's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then just to finish off the, uh, the Archon, your warlord trait that you can take is the consummate weapon master, which is plus one to the damage characteristics of all your melee weapons, and that excludes relics. So no comboing that there for for your army. But it, it's one of those where you need to see the rest of the warlord traits to understand where it fits in. It may be the best one. I don't I don't see it as being particularly useful because again, it ties into that idea that you're making the archon a smash character, which I don't think you necessarily are. Um, what you are making a smash character though is the witch cult spectacles. That's the succubus. So by spending 15 points, you can give your succubus the show stealer a special rule. So, so we're just talking about so ignoring kind of the uh, the access to the warlord, the relic warlord traits and the the mm -hmm. thingy. So that 15 points, uh, yeah. if I wanted to spend it on my archon, once is a once per battle fight ability. Yes, like correct. if I ignore everything else, not that I'm going to, yes. but just yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. Yeah, it's like spending five five pounds to get into the bar and then they have some kind of like unique drink, right? I don't know. Then you've got to spend the money again. Um, show stealer. So I really like this. And there's a reason. I reason love I... this. Yeah. I've been talking about it for like a week and a half now, solid. <laughs> the reason why I really like this is because I'll, I'll explain to you what it is and I'll explain why I really like it. So each time this model makes a consolidation move, it can move an additional three inches and it does not have to finish this move close to the close to the model. So you fight and then you just move six inches wherever the fuck you want. Now, this is really good for two reasons. Firstly, you could pick it up and you could hide, but you're a succubus, you're probably not going to want to do that. What you're instead going to want to do is you're going to move, want to move it so it's not able to be hit 
in melee and then you fight again which is something harlequins make a lot of use of right so you'll throw in five troops you'll charge two units but you'll only really like go and hit one you kill that one unit you then consolidate out of range so you can't be swung at because they haven't charged and they're not within one inch so they can't activate and then at the end of the phase which is the wording on pretty much all fight against stratagems you then go in again and you whack the other unit while you're there right yeah, I mean, there's. I think there's a lot of options really for this. Like, because I've been talking about this, uh, like lots, obviously in the Age of Sigma world at the moment. This is like, this is uh, something that's not that hasn't happened in Age of Sigma at the mm. moment, and I like that it's on here as well. Because obviously, yeah. this is going to be on a character and could be on a very fast character. Depends on how uh, powerful he makes character, dude. Which we'll get into in a second. Yeah, but like, so well, it's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. Dark Elder Wind Charge is basically Tristan. Uh, so it's really good. So not being able to... So it doesn't have to finish this move close to the uh, enemy model means it could just move out of combat as well. Mm. Like, yeah, exactly. So it, like it could, go, it could go behind a building. It could be uh, go behind a ruin. Um, uh, and it's just... I, I think it's yeah. really good. I'm going to be honest. I haven't got to the stratagems yet, so I don't know if we have a double fight stratagem. But with which cult, I would uh, make... There is, so there is a double fight stratagem for the uh, Cult of Strife. The, oh, look at so that. There's three, there's I, I three. wonder what we're going to be taking our succubus as. So they, yeah, they have a two CP fight again. Yeah, yeah, so you do that. You take it as Or shoot right, again. Go again, yeah. fight again. Boom. Well, in, now, interestingly, there, their strat, if we just jump ahead to that preview, is a shoot or fight again, which is uh, quite unique, I think. We've only ever seen shoot again or fight again separated. Well, this yeah. is the first time you shoot or fight again. But. It's more likely to be fight again, right? Because it's a witch okay. cult. Okay, so uh, when it stays on in the chat, it's just said witches have a double fight, but the succubus doesn't have the witch keyword. <laughs> doesn't she? Oh, but this one is, uh, it's just cult of strife witches. Oh, yeah, does she not yeah, have witch Yeah, but it's not a witch. Oh, yeah. but yeah. It's, 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 it's keyword, it's it's keyword witch. to witches. It's keyword lot to witches, right? That's yeah. the important part. Uh, uh, surely that's got to be an oversight. Surely, so. mate. Oh, it's just a special witch, man. Ah, fucking bullshit. Shit game. All right. No, I'm, I'm okay, so that's that. less good now. That's less good now. Okay. Uh, I was going to say you could run a blender succubus with the uh, the dancer's edge, which is a relic special weapon you can get here, which is actually pretty good, mate. Okay. Because it's plus strength two plus strength. Two. Yeah. So effective strength five, AP minus four, damage two. Okay. And each time an attack is made by this weapon uh, and on an unmodified wound roll of a six, invulnerable saves can't be taken against that attack. So potential for lots of swingy damage here, mate. Well, especially as like, the boards are just full of Terminators forever and ever. Well, so you're probably wounding on either threes or fours, and then you damage two as well. And AP minus four is nothing to be sniffed at, so that's a, that's a good pickup there. I'm less of a fan of the Whirling Death, which is the Warlord trait. Which is each time this warlord fights after any pile of moves until that fight is resolved, you can choose for its attacks characteristic to be equal to three plus the number of uh, enemy models that are within two inches of it. Now, I don't really want to be lobbing my succubus directly into the middle of the enemy army because then I very much hamstring the amount of distance I can move out, right? I want to just touch, hit, move out, touch, hit, move out, and so on and so forth. Uh, it's nice the clearing objectives because what it does mean is you can run into the center of the board specifically upon uh, WTC missions or onto an objective if your opponent has positioned themselves on the very edge of the objective you can still hit that and then you can flip backwards and then basically stand on your own edge of the objective a little bit more safe and potentially behind a wall as well which then forces your opponent to come into you as well which is it's still not a bad pickup so I wouldn't 
be against necessarily picking up a, uh, a succubus with a show stealer all because I do think it is good, but you need to make sure that you're able to remove stuff quite efficiently as well, which you can do if you go for Dancer's Edge. And maybe you have the CP to buy that. I'm not sure. We'll have to have a look at the stratagems. Well, yeah, loads of words there. Tom, good job. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, do you breathe? Uh, I, I would <laughs> Not say. Not when I'm drinking. Not when I'm drinking. <laughs> it's like you know, um, uh, people who play like a saxophone or a trombone or something. Like that, they have that cyclical breathing through their nose. Yeah. yeah. Tom does that when he's talking. I'm wasted. I'm a drummer. Breathe. <laughs> <laughs> that makes loads of sense. I, I, so of the three, because we'll get to the other one in a moment as well. Although the alchemic maestro is also really good. Like I think this is this is a cracking little upgrade, really, um, for what you get. Fifteen points, like because. Like, it's a utility upgrade. Like, I'd be tempted to put it... Like, you can only do one in your army, but it's such a useful upgrade to be able to... Like, it's almost like an inbuilt stratagem in a way to break core rules for how you're going to move a model at a certain point. And I think you would be able to time and again be able to create something really unique on the tabletop, a nice, neat play. A bit like uh, Tom was talking about uh, playing them Space Wolves, being able to hold up something, move something around, or drag something mm. out of an area. Nick, you got any thoughts? Well, it's, sim- well, it's, sim- it's like uh, it's like the placement of Poxwalkers, so it's similar to that with a strat, uh, and them also creating new models. And it's also very similar to Necron reanimation protocols. So this rule is basically the same as, I think it's, I can't remember which cryptic it is, that the Technomancer, I think it is, mm-hmm. who brings D3 Necron Warriors back. In the command phase, it's basically the exact same rule, but for racks instead. Although actually, it's on a two plus, I think, rather than just which, three. Which rule are we talking Slightly about? Sorry, specifically? Uh, Alchemic Maestro. Does it bring back racks? Oh, but it's once per battle, though, so it's not. Yeah, it's it's, it's not once per battle, and it's when this model is destroyed, it comes back on two plus, right? Oh, so I'm thinking, of a, I'm thinking of a different rule. No, you're fine. Completely <laughs> different rule. So, <laughs> and I thought we were talking about show stealers, so all three of us <laughs> in completely different fucking places. Yeah, fine, <laughs> so good. I was going to go straight to the alchemical maestro, but that's absolutely fine. So in, in this one, this is the most expensive one of the lot. It's, it's 20 points. And I have a couple of reservations with this one. Firstly, so... The rule itself that you get for your 20 points base is once per battle, when this model is destroyed, you can choose to roll 1d6 at the end of the phase instead of using any rolls that are triggered when this model is destroyed. If you do so, then on 2 plus, set this model back up on the battlefield as close as possible to where they were destroyed, but not within engagement range of any enemy models. And I'm just going to check this. But yes, you can only put this on an actual homunculus. So I have a couple of reservations with this. Firstly, we, we could talk about the 2 plus a little bit later. It's not something that's re-rollable on the command point. But we're going to assume that every time you do this, you succeed, right? You don't, but let's just assume that you do. How important is it for, you, for your homunculus to live if your homunculus is actually targetable? Uh, how, not, because it stands behind walls of very it tough does. stuff. Correct. So if it's if it's close enough. Although, although that said, and I've said this time and time again, mm-hmm. flyers are such a great bit of anti um, yeah. uh, anti character tech that gets yep. put into armies often you just fly you're like my army's safe you can't get to the front of it it's like no problem i'm gonna fly over the fucking top of it yeah and gonna, like burn you guy to death but that's like, a punish right because normally what you used to see was you see like a homunculus and then i like try points of venoms going around it so it, it wasn't very easy to target your homunculus without killing the venoms first right uh which which was a problem uh, and also, if you've killed the Venoms, then you don't really need a homunculus either, because the entire point was to buff I, up the toughness of the Venoms. My point is, is I don't think that's always the case. Yeah, uh, and, I agree. And, I agree. And I think, and I think, like twenty points is a lot, a lot for 
someone was able to get my character, which should be safe. Yeah, yeah, which should be safe already. Uh, so and, I, I and even if he, even if it is surviving, if something's gone in, and, I'm, I'm imagining the thing that's gone in and kill it is like a, you know, a tough combat unit. It's probably going to be two models anyway, and the character is not objective security. Yeah. If you're on objective, it's not going to make that much of a difference unless, you know, yeah. unless there's a unit nearby that it can provide a massive buff and benefit mm. to. Then it may be worth it. Yeah. But... The the only exception I can think of is long bomb charges, right? Like, if my opponent's running Tyranids with a Dimacaron or something, and you charge 54 inches across the board, then I've still got all the stuff that is really useful for my homunculus to, to stay alive, to, to allow to live, right? But by the same coin, it's like, you've also fought with, fought with it, and therefore you can't, um, you can't hit me again. Although that said, the prevalence and the distribution of fight-against stratagems is incredibly strong, right? So it says here you don't place it with an engagement range of any enemy models, right? But if I charge you with a Macaron, I kill you, you then get up outside of one inch. If I fight again without the Macaron, I can still hit you because I don't need to be within one inch of you to fight because I've charged. I can still mm -hmm. activate and move. So it's it's one of those where... But also, like, I, I really yeah. want someone to spend all that CP on just killing one of my <laughs> homunculus. Like, that's... I mean, a, that's if What's it's that important, mate, if it's not that important, then you don't spend the 20 points. Yeah, it's true. That's but that's the point. And I think that's a good point being made, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I think that's clear. Uh, I'll just bang through these uh, relics no, and warlord traits. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so the relic is the Poisoner's Ampule. Once per battle at the end of your movement phase, the bearer can use this relic if it does so. So that one enemy within nine inches of the bearer roll 1d6 on a 2 plus of d3 more wounds until the start of your next turn. Any or abilities that unit has has no effect. And then uh, until the start of your next turn, that unit cannot be affected by or abilities or friendly of friendly models. Um, uh, so this is the Poisoner's uh, Ampule. Yeah. Uh, what's mm -hmm. about at the end of your movement phase? I think this is fine. Um, this is this is quite useful in some situations. Um, yeah, I think it's got quite a good reach as well, because obviously it's the end of your movement phase. So you've got your movement, which I assume, I assume yeah. is six plus nine so it's at least 15 inches um if you've got a key combat fight coming up maybe it's useful and there's obviously the little bit of chip damage in there yeah i i guess does the judicia stopping you from fighting until last count as an aura because it's within six no it's not an aura is it no, no. silly no. The, the, the aura is actually aura is defined it's in brackets on abilities yeah, yeah. it says this is an aura um, yeah Maybe that's something that you see pop up every so often. Um, well, actually, you know what I think it might be quite useful for in the future um, uh, is uh, we might see, like, whenever the Knight Codex comes out, like, I feel that we're going to have, like, character-based knights. Like, so I think at the moment, the characters that you're generally seeing, like, it's not too much of a fucking issue, but I think mm -hmm. we'll see character-based knights because um, they'll they'll have the warlord trait and the relic, which will make them like the fucking boss daddy, right? Then they're going to get slung at your army. And I think in that situation, the ability to just be like, I'm going to fucking stop you doing something quite effective, yeah, or shut you down a little bit. Um, uh, and I think that's I think there's an interesting take there. Uh, but yeah. that's a, that's a, that's further down the road, and we'll see. Well, yeah. I think that one that might come back up. It's nice having it in your book for later on. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, it, you may see it pop up every so often. It depends upon more what you're likely to hit rather than what you want to take yourself right because if you like to hit lots of powerful auras then it's something that it's a really nice option to have and if you're going to spend the 20 points it's to have access to this i think <laughs> all right let's uh what's the next bit uh, the wallet trait the twisted animator mate yeah yeah this is basically what i was talking about earlier mm. 
the thing that's sim- that that you can do is it's similar to uh, Necron reanimation protocols with the te- what the Technomancer. So in your command phase, you select a rack unit within three of the Warlord and D three models are returned. They can be set up within engagement range if you're already in engagement range with an enemy unit. So you can do this for like cheeky objective grabbing shenanigans or just like <laughs> keeping that unit that you're approached trying to chip away uh, alive. Um, so I think it's a really I good just noticed something there, Koss. <laughs> so you can upgrade one character per detachment, okay? Okay, okay. What if you were to take three homunculus common detachments, yeah. fill them with racks, and take three master homunculuses with this? Can you take three? Can you multiply? Try you can, only, you can only take one. You can only take one. One per detachment. No, you can only take one in your right. army, I think. I'm pretty certain. Okay, let's have a read. If your oh, battle army is Battleforged includes any Drakari detachments, excluding these crappy detachments, then when you muster army, you can upgrade one of the following Drakari character units from each detachment in your army. Archon, Succubus, Homunculus. Uh, if the detachment is a Railspate raise, you can upgrade one, which is the same. It doesn't give us any additional information. Uh, when Make a note on your army, roster each... T- yeah, I think it's just one per detachment. Okay. Oh, is there, is there a precedent anyway? include more than one Master Archon from the same Cabal, more than one, one, one Master Succubus, wait, or more than one Master Homunculus unit from the same Homunculus Coven. What if it's three different Homunculus Covens? Yes, yeah. take three different Covens, then you can do it. Yes. But can you? is there a precedent anywhere where you can't multiple, uh, duplicate Warlord traits or anything like that? Because I know you can't duplicate Yeah, that's right. Traits. It's a Warlord trait, isn't it? Bollocks. Sad. Yeah. That's very sad. That was a funny idea until we killed it with rules. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> I mean, super important as time goes on to read them all. Uh, I'm going to say, but uh... <laughs> I mean, to be fair, mate, when we've got 127 rules in here, you look at one, you're like, "Oh, can I do this?" I mean, you go yeah. and check, and you go, "No, I can't. Never mind. We'll try something but, else." Hey, it was written in there, and that's great. Uh, yeah. So when, you, but, so so one of the interesting things about these upgrades, uh, I think, yeah, is that you obviously can then uh, do your favorite retinues, which is the next bit. Yeah, a right? secondary upgrade to the upgrade. Yeah, an upgrade upgrade. I can't wait for mm. the tertiary upgrade after where I yeah. upgrade a unit champ in some way as well. Uh, so this is, um, it's obviously if you're running Covens, you get Cabalite Trueborn, uh, you get the Hecatrex Blood Brides, and also the Hemoxites. Hemoxites? Hemoxites? Hemoxites. Hemoxites? Yeah, uh, there we go. What do you think, Tom? Go for it. Uh, sorry, mate. I'm just going to have a quick look. Is that all right? Can you? Why don't you guys go first? <laughs> it's just mainly just, the name. We just want just you to say the name. word. Can you yeah. say the word? Hemoxities. Mate, I was I was doing something. I was reading one of the other rules, like hemoxities. 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 You got it. There you go. Okay. There you there go. Go. Carry on, everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can upgrade. Basically, you can upgrade a, a unit of Cabalite Warriors to a, a unit of. Uh, this is an in addition upgrade. Correct, Scrunny here. Get ready for some 40k mm-hmm. in additions. Uh, as many oh, yes. as you can get. Um, the Cabalite Trueborn, so you can take a unit of Cabalite Warriors into a unit of Cabalite Trueborn, they get um, the Ballistic Skill at 2, add one to the nice. loose characteristic, and no then cares. importantly, each time one this unit makes a ranged attack, you can ignore any or all hit rolls for Ballistic nice. Skill modifiers. That's good. Yeah, so that is good. Uh, so, you I mean, can fuck so off the leadership thing and everything else is nice. Well, you're just always hitting on 2s. Yeah, exactly. Reroll right. on 1s, potentially, if an Archon's in Yeah, yeah. Uh, then the Hecatrix Blood Brides, uh, same, so... Um, 
you take it, yeah, you take a unit uh, and uh, of upgrade and upgrade them to blood brides, and then uh, they then have a weapon skill characteristic of two plus one to the leadership also. And then each time an attack my model in this unit would trigger a blade artist ability. The armor penetration of that attack is increased by three instead of one, which is also great. Uh, mm, and then the nice. he- Hemexites is improve this unit's same <laughs> What? You're not even trying. I, that, that was the best try I've had. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> that rolled off the tongue easiest, I think. Hemoxites. Hemoxites. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I loved him in 300. He was great. Um, yeah, so you upgrade uh, a unit. So you can only upgrade one unit. This is the important point as well. You can't upgrade multiple units to be these. Um, and then improve the unit's save characteristics by one and the invulnerable save by one to a maximum of four plus. Add one to the leadership characteristics as well. And once per phase, the first time a saving throw is failed for this unit, the damage characteristic of that is changed to zero. Yeah, so basically, you get you get to ignore one damage roll, basically. Yeah, but hemoxetes is a word you don't want to say, and luckily for you, you'll never have to say it, because I'm not a massive fan of that. Um, the Hexix Red Blights, they could be useful, I guess, but we'd have to have a look at Witches specifically, whereas I really like the Cavalette Trueborn. I'm a bit disappointed that you can't just take special weapons on Trueborn like you used to be able to. Trueborn were actually a previous unit in like 5th and 6th edition, where you could just take a Venom, you'd fill it with a unit of Trueborn, and they would be effectively the equivalent of um, Chosen or Stern Guard for Marines, and you'd just give them four blasters and you'd float around and you'd just kill shit, right? Um, now it's just a case of it's just a unit of Cavalette Warriors with a better to hit roll, which I'm not sure on. We'll have to see. I feel like, you know, do you think they, I mean, I don't know how many heavy weapons you can fit into a, a 10 man. Is it one per five models? I'm not sure. Uh, so, Pro- yeah. Probably. I think probably it's one per five that. models. So. I mean, I can see it. I can see a use for that. Like, a you have long one range. really consistent blaster for effectively ten points because you pay five points, like points for five models. So that's ten yeah. extra points. And then you put a blaster on it. I mean, you're floating worry, around. Here. There's so many elves. You can just walk around with all your kick-ass weapons. You're all good. Yeah, two blasters yeah. and a dark lance Vega. That'd oh. sort it. That'd be okay. I'd take that. Yeah. And like, and uh, do you not see a use for the Hemoxites? Uh, like a you know, a ten man rack unit with a four plus invun save and D three being healed every tur- every turn. That's not that's quite a yeah. Quite the D three little every unit turn is nice. Uh, I think the the, thing, the problem I have with it is the plus one leadership is garbage. Um, although, uh, but that the, doesn't matter, uh, right? Like you're not really looking at that. It's just that's an a, no, no. I'm, I, that's, well, that's the first sentence that I'm, that I'm going to talk about. The second bit, which I'm talking about, which is the once per phase, the first time a saving throw is failed for this unit, but damage characteristic of that uh, attack is changed to zero. You're just going to hit him with some all arms fire. What are you going to fire? At them with a fucking last cannon i doubt it yeah so, and like if you know that yeah. you just yeah you're just gonna take you can, it just means oh i need to kill one extra model y- yeah but they're they're also tanky right like is the point like yeah. nick's point nick's point if they're coming back all the time yeah like, but then you need the master homunculus as well right uh yeah, yeah so yeah. and also you're paying extra 10 points of this i'm like i, mean, I think it, i think well, it's a it's a it's quite a resilient cheeky backfield objective holder i feel like rack's just standard of that I don't know, it might make them more if they've got a five to if they go from a five plus invent to a four plus invent and getting D three heal per turn. Yeah, but then you spend ten points on these and then you're spending twenty points on the Master Homunculus, at which point you might as well just buy more racks. 
Uh, so I, I don't want to derail the conversation quickly. Stude Redacted asked, in an era where hairdressers and barbers no longer function, how is Nick's hair always perfect? <laughs> somehow, uh, I'm not saying that Nick uh, somehow gets his hair cut the same way footballers uh, also have their hair looking perfect at the moment. But I'm also well, not saying that I'm not saying that, if that makes sense. Okay. Cut my own hair is the secret. Nick, don't fucking lie. You were telling me the other day, you were like, <laughs> fucking selfies, you were like, look at me. <laughs> I, I mean, you could just give him a credit for being a sick hairdresser on himself. So It was you, and then the only footballer I probably know in the UK right now, R- fucking Ronaldo, he was in the next barber seat. <laughs> not in the UK. Not in the UK. He's in Italy. Is he not? No. Wow. He's not been in the UK about 15 years. <laughs> 10 years. That's, that's my football uh-huh. knowledge sorted out. But didn't Arsenal do well recently? Or not? Uh, is my yeah, but think about think about Arsenal. They always try and walk it in, <laughs> don't they? Always, always, always. Uh, all right. So, um, and they're like two points. The upgrades are two points, by the way, per model. Two points per model. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, and then you've got like a bunch of fucking other words, and then we get into cabals, right? So the the cabals. <laughs> the <whole> book. <laughs> you just a ton of words in this next page. <laughs> page uh, page fifty three. A ton of words. I know you're asking yourself, Rob, how can you possibly know it's page 53 without a book in your hand? I'm a fucking nematic genius. I've somehow remembered it all. Um, <laughs> uh, cabals. Do you want to take us through cabals? So these I've, are really, I've tried to read all these words. So if I if I go through Takari cabals and cults and covens page, which is page 53, it literally says a bunch of words and now it's bamboozled me. So it says it is, cabal, it which calls Oculus Coven obsessions. So, or you could just write obsessions, warlord traits, and relics. Uh, so basically, if it's a witch cult, cabal, or homunculus coven detachment, you can give it an obsession. Then you can take a relic, a warlord trait, and yeah, okay, fine. That's that's a page of worthlessness. Okay, fine. Um, cabals. So when you take a cabal detachment, as you already went through, like with regards to like being a craft world or a marine chapter early on in this section. You can take a uh, type of cabal. So the first one, which you'll recognize instantly off the name, is the Cabal of the Black Heart. This was the infamous Vec detachment every Eldar player and their grandmother took alongside their army to make sure that they could deny a stratagem. Okay. Now, this has been tweaked a bit. So the obsession, aka the special rule that it grants, has four bullet points. We are into Iron Hands territory now, everybody. Units with this obsession have the power from pain ability that have the power from pain ability treat the current battle bit round as being one higher than it actually is when determining the effects they gain. That's kept from the old book. Uh, if a real space raid detachment includes an Archon, uh, a black heart archon until the end of the battle, or blades for high units that have a power from pain ability also do the same thing. Uh, so real space raid is that detachment where it's it's basically the big way of running to Crowley with like a, a brigade or something. Add one to the leadership characteristic of... Okay, I stopped reading at leadership. And then each time a unit with this obsession selects to shoot or fight, you can re-roll one hit roll when resolving that unit's attacks. So basically, it's plus one power from pain, and you get to re-roll one hit roll every time you fire. Um, and you generate, and okay. you could potentially generate CP if you wanted to. Uh, where's that from? Oh, yeah, that's on the Waller trait, which I was just, I was just getting to. Yeah. So the Waller trait, Labyrinthine Cunning, while this Waller is on the battlefield, each time you or your opponent spend any command point to use a stratagem, you can roll 1d6 for each command point spent, and on a 6, you gain one command point. Um, it's like a, a basic version of Kurov's, it, it, that the strength of that is going to depend upon how much CP you actually need. Um, if you need loads, then maybe maybe you go for it and get a couple of extra ones there. But otherwise, it's actually kind of more useful now just because there is more CP floating around in the game with both you and your opponent getting five more each game. 
Yeah, how many? How much do you start? Is it seventeen that we that we get? So we start, start with twelve and we get start five. With 12. Yeah, yeah, it's seventeen. So, right? so, yeah, five, so 17. you so you can average on average say so you'll get about three CP from this. So like as a rough guide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, and I don't I don't want to like throw any like fuel on the rumor mill, but I'm pretty certain they've said that they uh, like some back channels. I heard that they might be releasing like the space farming um, kind of like army at space some farming point. simulator. And, and they don't do they're not very Spots. good in the game, but they just you just generate CP every turn. That's all they're doing. You just like, are the space farmers just Imperial Knights. No, different. No, those uh, are space tractors. You need oh, farmers so to run. Yeah, yeah. On, you, you need someone to go inside the Imperial Knight. Come on. Okay, maybe that's what we're come gonna, on. Do. We're gonna do. What's the name of the dudes who like pilot the Titans? Uh, princeps. Well, d- a princeps, yeah, but like, it depends. Like, princeps in your knights. Well, it depends because like knights. it depends if they're from like an actual Legio world where it's like actual structured, or sometimes it's just like knightly households, and it's just like my dad or my uncle or like Lord whatever. Uh, depending on the the culture of the place, Tom. Unless it's like a, a proper legio. Um, uh, okay, so Cabal of the Blackheart feels quite good. They've also got the Agents effect, which has been changed to zero CP. Use yes. a stratagem after which your opponent uses a stratagem. Yeah, excluding command reroll until the end of the battle, which I like really wish they hadn't put in there because that would have been so funny uh, to make that two CP. And I don't think game breaking either. That's for like cool. Mm-hmm. Like like yeah, I really like this. Uh, until the so end of the battle, go on. Uh, it increases the CP uh, cost your opponent must pay to use that stratagem again. Um, it is used increased by one. So, uh, so yeah. every time you use that stratagem, it's increased by one, basically. Yeah. But, but does that. it affect the t- the? So if I use a stratagem that costs me one CP, yes, and you play Vect after that, yeah. does it increase the stratagem no. cost that I've just played? No, no it doesn't. It's thereafter. Yes. So the next time I want to use it, it's therefore two CP. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, uh, risk of a living use is also important because it allows to reroll once to win with your core units. Um, I don't know if that applies to ravages. Obviously, that's going to be good depending upon the context of what's actually core. So, yeah, it's it's a good it's a good obsession. That one, I'm a big fan. I like it. Very good. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it, I mean, it's it's nice. It's simple. It's nowhere near as obviously strong as it was pr- as in the previous edition uh, that we saw. So, like, it's very uh, it's very very strong. Um, uh, but it's, sorry, it's not as strong, but I still think it's competent and it's free. So, like, you give a fuck. Like, that's the important mm-hmm. part. And there are a lot yeah. more. Like, it's it. I think it is a parallel change with how we're seeing strats generally changed. Anyway, like we generally see strats now that are like one or two mm-hmm. CP, and they're used more often than we necessarily see strats that are like the big daddy hit strats that cost like three. So I think like it's a nice change, and it's also like put into the kind of ecosystem of where stratagems are at, at the minute. Um, and so yeah, like I quite like it. Um, uh, yeah, I like. I don't think there's much to say about it other than it's good. So that's good. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's good. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, I think I, it, I think it's always going to be. It's one of those stratagems where it's always going to be useful in every single oh, game. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. your opponent's always going to have either. Either they're going to have a stratagem that's one CP that they're going to use a lot, or they're going to use Advanced a stratagem charge that's two CP that mm-hmm. that they might use occasionally. It just makes that cost a little bit more, um, so they can't do any other cool tricks. So yeah, it's always going to be useful in every single game. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. I think it's a, I think it's a very interesting one. Uh, okay, so next Cabal. Um, cabal. Apparently, like uh, everyone thinks it's, it's only about that Cabal, but let's read some other Cabals. 
Come on. Well, I think they've got the they've got uh, the the did we touch on the warlord? No, the relic. Sorry, Richard the Living. But, yeah, we touched on it briefly. Yeah, for core specifically, so it doesn't apply to ravages anymore. Very sad. But you know that unit of Trueborn that you've made, awesome with its uh, blaster and dart lance. Mm. That's true. I guess. Sure. <laughs> Easy relic on that one. Not bad. No, not bad at all. Um, the next one is the Cabal of the Poison Tongue. Now, can someone tell me, do obsessions apply to Venoms? Do I think so, yeah. Obsessions yeah, apply? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah, pretty Why sure it doesn't, it doesn't specify core or anything like that. It's just yeah. as long as they have the Cabal so, uh, keyword. Yeah, so each time... A model with this obsession makes an attack with a poisoned weapon. Improve the poisoned weapon ability of that weapon by one to a maximum of two plus. So, for example, if you have a poisoned weapon four plus, it becomes a poisoned weapon three plus. So, if you're just spamming venoms at your ass, maybe? Which I do. There you go. And if an enemy unit has any models destroyed by an attack made with a poisoned weapon, uh, weapon by a model with this obsession, until the end of the turn, they take minus one from their combat attrition test. That's actually okay. Because if they fail a morale check, suddenly they're falling off the board on ones and twos or ones through threes, depending upon how many left. Yeah. 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 And so, how many splinter cannons can a venom have? Because uh, that's the they can have splinter cannon and twin splinter rifles. I think they can have what six shots, or is it more than that? One yeah. splinter rifle and. Yeah, and like neural dub, uh, shot dub says in the chat, using it on hellions, you'd end up with twenty dice uh, that mm. you'd be rolling. Uh, which is quite nice, I think, ultimately. Um, so, yeah. like I actually quite like this one, Cabal of the Poison Tongue. When I read it first time, mm. I was like, I like this. Like In yeah. the right context of the right meta, I really like this, I think. Yeah, maybe. However, like, is there not the conversation that you're throwing this up against transhuman dark angels and generally yeah, transhuman stuff anyway? But it then, depends. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like so if I'm thinking about it from the context of teams, I'm trying to avoid that anyway. Uh, maybe you take a detachment of this, you may take a detachment of um, the other Black Heart, and then if you're hitting anything that isn't Dark Angels, you can bounce off that transhuman up to a two or a three, rather than a one or a two. So uh, say that again, Tom. So you take a detachment of this, you fill it with loads of poison, and then you take a small patrol of Cabal of a Black Heart, and at the moment someone uses Transhuman that isn't Dark Angels because they get it inherently, you use um, Agents of Vect on that, right? And then you make it either cost 2 CP or 3 CP each time you use it. Yeah, I think uh, <laughs> it's because doing occasional impressions of Van and Pete. <laughs> not, not intentionally. <laughs> One of the same seems to think you are. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I think like the problem is is the meta that that particular ability is being thrown into at the moment, mm. which I don't see changing significantly for a while. Yeah. Um, and, and like the inbuilt transhuman versus like CP based transhuman still exists, yeah. right? My specific um, thing is when I'm not going into a single sort of environment where 40% of the field is just green marines, and I instead have like one in eight of the opposing armies that would like have an inherent transhuman, I can avoid that quite well, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's just a different context of, of where you're using it, right? Yeah, do we talk about the strat yet, though? The strat, no, we haven't talked about the wall of trait and the relic either, but we can okay. blast through those very quickly. Wall of trait, towering arrogance, great name, by the way. 
Um, it's a five plus DPR against mortal wounds, absolute dog shit. And then the uh, Warlord has the ability tearing out against Aura, while a friendly Cabal of Poison Tongue unit is within six inches of a Warlord. Each time a combat attrition test is taken for that unit, ignore any normal modifiers. Also, pretty dog shit. The Relic is a weapon. Yeah. There we are. That's all we need to say. And then you can go on about the strat, Rob. Well, so I really like the strat. Like, I like, I'm in on the strat. I like the strat, is, uh, is my, uh, I like the stock and I like the strat. Insidious Misdirection is 2CP. Use your strategy at the start of the first battle round. Select up to three Cabal of the Poison Tongue units from your army and redeploy them. If the mission mm. uses the Strategic Reserves rules, any of those units can be placed into Strategic Reserves without having Ooh. to spend any additional CP, which is a huge, like, because mm. normally you pay CP based on the power level. But now for two, mm. I can just, I can just never put them into Strategic Reserve, already planning to spend 2CP and make it much cheaper to put some significant units in yeah. Reserve. Uh, which I quite like. Um, uh, yeah, and it has the massive benefit over that of obviously strategic reserves is before deployment. You don't know who's going first or second. This, you know who's going first or yeah. second. So either you leave your stuff on to be aggressive, knowing you're going first and you can just move it and shoot it. Or if you've placed it aggressively, as an example, mm. your opponent's going first, you can go, well, they're just going to go into reserve. So I know that they survive until I yeah. bring them on at the edge and get to shoot yeah. with them if that's what they're... Well, there's a little well, bit of an addition on this as well. Um, in that, uh, if the mission uses strategic reserves, um, uh, but regardless of how many units are already in strategic reserves, so you mm -hmm. can build a pretty mm -hmm. significant null deploy army, mm -hmm. like which I think is quite useful. Like, uh, like that's, yeah, that's well, the, could, could the, be good. Also, you have to be, so you have to be careful about it just being zoned out with that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it yeah. is uh, good. Also, it's very efficient as well because it's not inconsistent. It's specifically free every single time, or up to free. And secondly, if you wanted to put those units into uh, strategic reserves, you'd spend one point per free individually, right? Yeah. So that's free CP. This one's two. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's like a CP. Like yeah. there's a, you can you can generally be like yeah, in addition. <laughs> yeah. Let's get that emote up. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I I just think that that's an, the 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 ability to like maybe like look at an army or work out how you're going to play also in the i have to go first environment mm. is a significant change right like in the like i guess because you're rolling off you're not sure yeah. and nick i agree with you the 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 fear of being zoned is significant but yeah. it also like i quite like the idea that if someone is being aggressive enough that they're moving into your territory to zone you in your territory because you can come from strategic reserves turn one but only into your deployment so if someone's running out into yeah, yeah that's so. true yeah, yeah yeah like turn turn two it's like the edges yeah. outside and then turn three it's yes. anyway so like so you can like drag people into your deployment like in some and then just drop everything and just like blitz them out and make them like overextend I don't know I think hmm. there's yeah, at least at least at least worth talking about I think um, but yeah I like that one plus they got a cool name come out of the poison tongue yeah it's alright yeah even if the dude at the bottom does look weird. You sure you can't? You sure you can't arrive turn one in your own deployment? In my I'll double check it. I'll double check um, it. Possibly not. It might be just. I think you might be getting the one there. Basically, you can't be screened out on your own deployment edge. You can always come in within one inch of your own deployment edge. Uh, so yes, yeah, so specifically, uh, but it does matter for some deployment types because specifically in the triangle deployments, you can't be screened off on your own deployment edge or deployment zone. So I can't just say if I'm on a triangle, a triangle. Well, this is my deployment edge because it has the longest period, longest range of my deployment zone, right? 
It's it's weird to say. It's easy to show. Right. Ignore me. Ignore me then. Uh, no no turn one rival decision. Uh, thank you very much. In matched. Okay. Appreciate that. Unless you're a drop pod. Unless you're a drop pod. Okay. Um. That's okay. All right. Uh. So cabals. Um. I'm not. I'm gonna check that. <laughs> like I believe you all, but like I'm like you, I was you pretty set. I was pretty set. No no. It's okay. I, oh yeah. No. Don't worry about it. Like well. I'll I'll, 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 t- I'll talk about it next week. Um, so Cabal of the Flayed Skull is uh, Obsession is Slay from the Skies each time a model with this obsession this one is really dog so it doesn't matter each time a model with this obsession that can fly or has embarked upon a transport unit that can fly makes a ranged attack the target does not receive the benefits of light cover against the attack and you can add two to the move characteristic of vehicle units yeah, with the obsession no reserve from yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and then uh, add two to the so we've done that and then Warlord trait Fame Savagery Add one to this warlord strength and attack characteristic, whatever. And then the relic is Obsidian uh, Veil. The Cabal of the Flayed Skull Archon model. The bearer has a four-up and vulnerable save. So, and then their stratagem one CP. This is, I think, rubbish. Uh, yeah, this is, is the shittest one. Out <laughs> this of the is, four. The this one. is definitely the shittest one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so oh, use well, I like plus one... two-inch moves to my vehicles, but I prefer to have plus one to wound on all my poison. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so this is plus one to the attacks hit roll. Um, if you're targeting an aircraft, uh, it's plus two to the hit roll. So, I mean, that's fine, but like you're not taking it. So it's whatever. Uh, and then Cabal of the Obsidian Rose. The obsession is flawless workmanship. Add six inches to the range of all assault, rapid, and heavy weapons, excluding relics, of course. Uh, models of this obsession are equipped with each time a unit with this obsession is selected to shoot or fight, you can reroll one wound roll when making that unit's attacks. Uh, yeah, each time a unit with it is done, I guess that's good. Yeah, it's but kind of that salamander, it's like half the, the salamander's thing used to be we were one hit roll, one, one wound roll, now it's just one wound roll. Eldar still had the old, that old one with the expert crafters. It's pretty good to build an army round, having lots of small, uh, like small number of uh, shots which, which are high quality. So I guess you can. I don't. I don't know Dark Elder that well to know what units would be good in that. Maybe Ravagers. Don't know. Um, but yeah, it's all right. And I suppose you still got the Archon around to give the real ones to hit anyway. So you can kind of build a Ravager style list with that. And again, maybe MSU Cabalites with like some blasters in could make use of that. Yeah, that's Before true. Dark ants. Yeah. Um. Uh. Tom, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, it's not very good, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There you are. Not a big Done. fan. Moving uh, swiftly on. Yeah, so then you've got uh, plus one strength to the Warlord, and then uh, the Relic is the Bearer has a safe cast of three, uh, and you've got to be minus one to hit. The uh, the stratagem is feature. Failure is not an option. Um, use this stratagem uh, after taking combat attrition test for the Cabal of the Obsidian Rose. You cannot uh, unit from your army, but before any models flee, you, cannot, you can shoot with the... Each model that would flee uh, if this unit is engaged. Engagement range, you can make a melee attack, um, and then if you do kill anything with that, then you pass the morale test. Uh, so that's a quite cool little feature. Interesting one. Yeah, yeah interesting I quite one. like that. I thought that that was really fun. Um, so yeah, that was that was nice. Also, just a little question on formatting. I don't know if the other books have had the stratagem. Yeah. I think I think the other books have had the stratagem placed with the sub faction as well. I think Death I Card think, had it. Um, de- yeah, Death Card did it, but Necrons definitely didn't do it. So I prefer this way of the Kovax being formatted. So Necrons, the different factions had their uh, all their stuff kind of separated out where they had like all the specialist mm-hmm. uh, faction detachment, uh, 
you'd have the strategies, strategies on one page. section. Yeah. Yeah. So this way is, I don't know. I think this way is better. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Agreed. I think I'd also is, like uh, to just raise one issue that I had with this particular page. Uh, oh. From memory, I think it's page 56. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. 56. So they have the, the Cabal of the Obsidian Rose, but then on the next to it, the Cabal of the Flayed Skull has a relic with Obsidian in. Does that not trigger <laughs> anyone else? <laughs> All right. That's a good point. that the Obsidian dudes should have the Obsidian relic in my head. Yeah, Weird. agreed. Like, because the names don't mean anything, right? Um, That's yeah. why I say, can you give them a plus one to hit thing? Uh, so then you can build your own cabal. My own cabal. Spicy, yeah, spicy cabal. So you, be good. so you choose two different obsessions, um, and there is a variety of stuff. What stood out to you? The three that stood out to me that I liked was Merciless Razorkin, Torturous Efficiency, and um, Soulbound, I think was the one that I liked. Uh... Uh, each time one of the succession moves a wound. No, no, uh, no, sorry, not so Toxin Crafters was the one. The three that I liked, that was the one. But I don't know. Yeah, I like, so... I like Toxin Crafters. So that's where uh, unmodified hit roll of a six changes the poison ability to a two plus, and you also reroll ones to wound with poison weapons. So if you're going, if you're going poison weapon heavy, that's a pretty good one to, to take, although that is an all consuming uh, obsession. So you'd only pick one, whereas otherwise you'd pick two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Torturous Efficiency, which is each time model with this obsession makes an attack with a ranged weapon. An unmodified wound roll of a six improves the armor penetration of the characteristic by that attack by one. And also Merciless Razorkin, which was each time a model with this obsession makes an attack with a splinter weapon. An unmodified hit roll of a six scores one additional hit. Tom, were there any that stood out to you? I'm trying to look for a second one, but it's all consuming, but I don't hate. I like Mobile Raiders just because it completely invalidates that previous one we were talking about a minute ago, uh, the Cabal of a Played Skull, because you only take that for plus two to your movement, and this immediately gives you plus two to your to your vehicle's movement. Yeah. <laughs> because Indeed. it's just for any modules that can fly there, which is pretty good. Um, nothing massively stands out as being super sick here, which is disappointing, but that's okay. It gives you some flavor, I guess. And I guess things not being overtly broken means that you're going to take like one of the stock ones. I think more, you're more likely to take them seriously than you are. Just also, to take you've these got access to it. unique stratagems as well. I guess. Yeah, yeah, depending. yeah. Like, okay, which cults? I know which cult are we going to talk which about ones? first? Which ones? Which, which cult? Are we going to talk, talk about first? Right. So they've got the cult of strife here, but they've also got the cult of strife in this stupid fucking. Oh, my word. Right, so the Cult of Strife in the Drakari book, I don't believe, is up to date. Okay. So there, there is a... Is it? So the, it's the Cult of Strife from the... the whatever it's called. The, yeah, the thing. right. So the thing it gives you warlord traits, it gives you relics, it gives you stratagems. Oh, the, the supplement for yeah, the Cult so, of Strife. So the Book of Rust supplement... I would assume overrides this warlord trait and this relic. Uh, yeah, yeah. It just has extra stuff, basically. Okay, but but is it extra stuff or is it stuff that replaces this? Because so no, everything in the codex is still up to date. You just get more stuff in the supplement. So I could take Blood Dancer, or I could take Competitive Edge and Paralleled Agility or Master Executioner. Yes. Okay. Right. Thanks, Games Workshop. It's DLC. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Oh, so, yeah, do you, want to, do you want to take us through it? Because is it the first one, the Cult of Strife? 
Yeah, yes. I believe a big so, one. Yeah. so it's like a supplement. Straight, I, I think that means that we're going to see a supplement definitely for um, uh, the the everything uh, ever. Well, <laughs> yeah, Forever. but I mean, Cabal and the Black Heart, I think we'll see a supplement for as well, right? So I think it's yeah, the big yeah, ones. It's, it's on a, on top and in addition, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we've been doing the with the Drakari for an hour, and we've only just finished for Cabal. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. This is why we're just so doing a busy. Re- oh yeah, it's just so busy as a book. What there's so many rules. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, like we're doing the read through now. But I think who was it? Forty k all the way, all the way earlier was like, hey, take Raiders, Rax, and Hellions review done. I mean, we could have just done that, but like, like it's nice going through it at least once, right? And then it's done forever in some yeah, ways. Yeah. Um, I think I've not read through all of it. I've not looked at the strategies yet. But there's some cool shit with which we'll come to in a minute with the witches that you can do. I think. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, right, so I'll read the first one. The Court of Strife, this is the not... Or maybe we should even leave it until we do like the whole Court of Strife. Unless, Tom, you have the Book of Rust. With the whole I, 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 ha- I have a Book of Rust here. Oh, Isn't that like doing a whole supplement? Like, I'm not doing a whole supplement the, in addition the to the Codex. The supplement is three pages long. All right, do the supplement. In addition to the Codex review. In addition, you guys do have now got the first review, review in addition. Book, have book for three pages that you want to spend £35 on. Uh, yeah, go on. Tell us about it, Tom. Okay, so you've got the obsession for Cult of Drive. You get to keep this because it's in the, uh, even though it's in the original codex. And this has two bullet points. So it's not quite Iron Hand's level of rules bloat at this point. And the first one is at the start of the fight phase. If the unit of this obsession is within engagement range of any enemy units, it can fight first that phase. That's cool. Um, then the second one is each time you declare a charge for a unit with this obsession, if there are no other units from your army within engagement range of any of the enemy units selected as targets of the charge, you get plus one to the charge roll. Um, I'm just going to read that again just so I can understand it. Each time you declare a charge for a unit with this obsession, if there are no other units from your army. So basically, when you declare uh, a charge at an not enemy, if yeah. no, yeah, if they're not already fighting one of your own cult, you get okay. plus one to charge. How do you guys feel about that? Obviously, plus one to charge is a great rule, particularly for deep striking, because it makes it slightly more reliable, and obviously charges in general are more reliable. Um, but it's slightly... Having that extra caveat of someone not already being there fighting them, I don't know. I think it's a lot Maybe. to make happen. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, but, but is the fight first... Does that make it... Does that make them... Worth. I've always found fight first specifically to be far less useful than just make your opponent fight last. Because you've still got to intertwine, right? Because if you're fighting first, then you still have the ability to interrupt afterwards, and you're often fighting first anyway. If you're charging, right? So, yeah. I don't know. It's, just more, it's more useful for counteract things, counteracting things that uh, make you fight last, I think. Uh, so, I guess we'll see. The, what, so, there are four Warlord traits that you can take, apparently. The first one is in the Codex. Which is Blood Dancer. It is Blood Dancer. Each time, yeah. each time this warlord makes a melee attack, an unmodified hit roll of six scores an additional two attacks. <laughs> so they have five attacks. So maybe you'll get one six. Mm-hmm. So you might get uh, no, six, yeah. six to seven attacks. Yeah, exactly. So right. it kind of counts. You could see a bit miss, right? But with that rule, there's always that. There's always that option that that rare opportunity where it might you might just roll four sixes or five sixes. Yeah you go nuts. Yeah it's quite fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um the other three 
I've enhanced my brain. There we are. Oh, never mind. There's the enhancer's broken as soon as I move monitor. Is competitive edge. Now let's see if this gives you a competitive edge in the games. Uh-huh. Uh, each time this warlord fights, if all of its attacks target one enemy unit, after resolving all of those attacks, it can make a number of additional attacks against the enemy unit equal to the number of attacks that did not reach uh, the inflict damage step of the attack sequence during that fight. So if I make like 14 attacks and I successfully wound through your save with five of them, I then get to make nine attacks. Yeah. Nice. This is good. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I like that. That's nice. What would you what was the succubus um upgrade warlord trait? Was it as good? No, it wasn't. It was the um have loads of attacks uh equal to the if number it, of within three within two, two inches, inches. Plus, yeah, plus yeah. three. Yeah, no, this is way better. Fuck that off. Take this. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, so there's uh, so Giga, uh, so Sergeant Rolf says there's a weapon uh, by the way because that's the warlord trait right mm -hmm. uh, there's a weapon that doubles your attacks so you can make it into a Giga Blender um, uh, the Blender uh, Succubus yeah, yeah if only Blender you could fight twice, Succubus because they don't give your Succubus the Witch Leader the Witch Keyword uh, so yeah so you would end up uh, so you just end up being able to from one Succubus like blend whole units in of itself but it does have to survive like isn't that the point. I mean, if you fight first and you just get in, you just kill stuff. So it's just like a kamikaze succubus. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's all right. That's fine. The second one on that tree and the third one overall is unparalleled agility. Okay. So this one is each time an attack is made against this warlord, subtract one to hit and to wound. Unfortunately, it doesn't solve the problem that your toughness free, so when you do get hit, you're probably getting splattered all over the wall. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah it's not good. It's not. Yeah, not it's definitely. You're not, it's yeah, not, you're not building. You're not. Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah, definitely. The strength of succubus is definitely outward damage. Yeah, not taking it. So there's no point making a really flimsy model slightly more uh, robust, is yeah. there? And then you've got master executioner, which is reroll to wound. Now, personally, I'd just rather reroll the entire sequence of all the stuff that failed to hit as well. It, I but mean, reroll to wound nice. is decent too. Yeah, it depends on the weapon that you get to give it, right? Like we'll have to have a look at those later. But that is the four warlord traits that you can take for the um, for the cult of strife. I'm just trying to. I can't. Ah, whatever. My thing's just gone really weird. I can't actually move. Okay, whatever. Okay, relics. We got that sorted. Okay. So, Nikos, do you want to cover the first relic in the uh, actual codex? The actual codex. What for cult of strife? Yeah, I don't want to read that out. The this vile bouquet. The... Oh, oh my words! The file bouquet, right? So roll a d6 at the start of each battle round until the end of the battle round. The bearer gains the associated effect from the combat ability table. This effect can be one the bearer already has and is cumulative. So you get an you get an extra random combat drug effect. So the context of that would be how good are the combat drugs? We'll have to have a look at those later. Yeah. Uh, if combat drugs are good, maybe you take this. Uh, then you have some options in the relic section for color of strife. Enhance. Excellent. Thank you. So, first one is called Morvane's Agonizer, which is a weapon. Now, normally Tom skips over all the weapons, but he needs to find the good one here, okay? So, this is model equipped with an agonizer only. This relic replaces the agonizer and its strength user still. It's a poisoned weapon on a 4+, and each time a bearer fights, after all attacks have been resolved, he selects one enemy unit that was hit by an attack made with this weapon, and until the start of your next turn, that enemy unit cannot fall back. 
this is then AP minus three, and that's all that's remarkable about it. So basically, he just used this to tag something up, I guess, okay. which isn't okay. bad. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, but, but move on is where I say. Move on. Yeah, it's fine. Garland of Spite is the next one at the start of the fight phase. Selects one enemy model, excluding a monster or vehicle within engagement range. And until the end of the phase, half that model's attack's characteristic. Each time a melee attack is made by the bearer, that attack automatically hits the target. Um, maybe if you combo this with the minus one to hit into wound, if you're halving the number of attacks, you can turn yourself into a bit of a tar pit. But then you're not holding people there either. No, so, I, feel, I feel I feel like if you're if you're spending points or putting points on someone, you're one hundred percent looking to blend as opposed to survive, right? That's not what they're de- yeah, geared true, up for. True. Next one, the Glaive Exquisite. Uh, this is strength plus two, so effectively strength five. AP minus five. Wow. A damage two. Unnecessary time, AP. Unnecessary AP. <laughs> uh, each time, uh, loss of penetration. Each time an attack made with this weapon targets an enemy unit with a characteristic bay or more, add one to the wound roll. So you're wounding wow. on twos a lot of the time. Uh, at the end of any forever. phase, <laughs> I know, at the end of any phase in which the uh, bearer fought with this weapon, if it, if it did not target any enemy units with allegiant characteristic of AIDS or more, it suffers one mortal wound. Now, I hate this specifically because it makes me look at the leadership characteristic. I don't think it's bad, really. Yeah, but it's, a lot, it. it's a lot of words to read for one mortal wound. Isn't They're it? really desperate <laughs> to make leadership useful, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. I was, fact, some of the I was reading some of the abilities in this and I was like, give it up, boys. They're like, if the combat attrition test, I was like, I just started not reading after that. I was like, skip this. Um, uh, Tom, we can skip the weapons, I think, unless there's something there that stands out I to you. I told you to skip the weapons, brother. No one wants to skip the weapons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, whatever. That's for relics done. Oh, but never mind. I lied. There's Dark Lotus Toxin, which is plus one strength and damage characteristics for all melee weapons bearers equipped with, excluding relics. That's not bad, actually. Yeah, you can take that as a relic, and then I don't know if you've got not one sick non-relic weapon, plus one strength and damage. It's not bad, not bad at all. Uh, moving swiftly on, strat oh fucking stratagems. Here we go. There's so nine of them. The strat- There's nine of them. Don't make me read There's it. Nine of them. Oh, <sighs> you're gonna have to read them. Sorry. Welcome to the gang. Oh, or we could do stratagems next week. Really. Like, oh, this is this is stratagem specifically for Cult of Strife. Yeah, yeah. we can still read them next week. It's fine. It's okay. fine. We'll stick it in the stratagem section of the show, and um. we'll, we'll we'll jog on um, uh, because we've still got a, like, yeah, we still this got one. Which cults uh, cult has more stratagems than the entire Chaos Demons Codex? <laughs> Not quite, but yeah, that's what it's got. Nah, we'll, do, we'll, do, we'll do the strats as a pile next week. Uh, because I think that really ties into how the army plays. I think that's more important. So we'll shall, shall we finish off the rest of the cults then, excluding my stratagems? Yeah. Yeah, which cult? Okay, which cult, which cults? Okay, so Cult of the Cursed Blade is the next one. Uh, the obsession is only the strong will thrive, and that is plus one to the strength characteristic of one of this obsession, so strength four, I believe. And then each time you make an unmodified saving throw of a six for a model of this obsession, which you can do all the time because you have a six plus in level save, um, against a melee attack, after the attacking model's unit has finished making his attacks, that enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. That's not too bad. They make lots of saves. Yeah, but I mean, but ignore that. Add one to the strength characteristic model to this obsession. That's not bad. Mm, not bad at all. It's all right. Warlord trait warlord is trait. each time you make an unmodified saving throw of four for this warlord against a melee attack after the attacking model's unit has finished making its attack, that enemy suffers one mortal wound. This warlord does not benefit from the second part of the curse blades 
only strong will thrive obsession. It's quite clear, I think, from this codex, and also probably from the Death Guard codex, they're trying to make the fight phase more interactive. Strikes first, yeah. strikes last, uh, you hit me, I hit you, uh, sort of a conversation. I wonder how con- like how convoluted we'll end up with that section being. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't really have much of a, of a problem with just turning up and hitting you and you hitting me, but no, <laughs> not enough nuance there, so we're going to have to yeah. mix it up. Uh, and then the relic is the traitor's embrace, cult of the cursed blade succubus. If the bearer is destroyed by a melee attack, roll a d6 on a two plus. After the attacking model's unit has finished making its attacks, it suffers d3 plus three mortal wounds. I love Just... using my relic on a uh, five mortal wounds. Me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that happens on a two up as well. That's and happens to a unit your opponent picks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's not a lot. Yeah. There's not a lot of control in that in terms of where your damage is going. Is there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and then venomous star uh, star that's, shard yeah, bombs. That's sorry, stratagem, right? Yeah, which is the CP for these guys. Uh, stratagem for these guys is one CP. Use this stratagem after the enemy has declared a charge against the cult of a cursed blade, which is from your army. That unit can fight Overwatch before the charge roll is made. Uh, when it does so, up to five models in that unit that are equipped with plasma grenades can attack with them. And until the end of the phase, a plasma grenade unit <laughs> is equipped with gain the poisoned two plus ability. So, uh, what's up, Nick? <laughs> I, was just, I was just looking at Tom's face, just how unimpressed he looked by like, when you were reading okay, that strategy. So, there's just so much shit. It's like, oh, read this. Is it good? I, I don't know. I need to read it. Oh, it's shit. Moving on. <laughs> like hey, there's a word count. There's a word count for a reason, baby. Like, so, Call of the Cursed Blade, like, uh-huh. plus one strength and whatever. Okay. Probably going to ignore that. They're like, That's good. yeah, they're 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 strength four witches, and they do some lot of wounds back, ladies. Yeah, <laughs> let's go. Uh, witch cults, cult of the red grief. Uh, obsession is the speed of the kill. You can re-roll charge rolls made for units with this obsession. Not bad for deep strikes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it. Uh, and add two to the advance rolls made for units with this obsession. Also good. Also good. I'm going to check see if witches can advance and charge. And then a warlord trait is hyper swift reflexes. Each time a melee attack is made against this warlord, an unmodified hit roll of a one to three for that attack fails, irrespective of any abilities that the weapon or the model making the attack have. Hey, is that transhuman or <laughs> a witch? By the way, I love how we've come up with all of the uh, you know the what was the um the book right with all the different terminology in it right. And now we've just got the word we use most often is just transhuman. <laughs> transhuman is all. This is hits though, not wounding. Yeah. Oh fuck off! It's basically so, uh, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, this is well. It's even better. It's even better because it's on oh. more attacks. Uh, also, yeah. uh, Sergeant Rolf has pointed out that power from pain. Um, although power from paint maybe should be a better way to describe it because you have to True. paint all of these. I uh, feel guys. like you shouldn't get it. If you don't paint your army. Yeah, uh, gives uh, you get you advance and charge from turn two, so you could have some very fast. Uh, and very effective moving units, uh, like plus two yeah. advance rolls, uh, and then obviously reroll charges. So that's nice. Um, I quite like this, to be honest. And then uh, there's a there's a relic as a weapon, so who cares? And then yeah. uh, the stratagem is athletic aerialists, which is I a love CP. This one. You like this one? Yeah. Do you want to tell us what it does, Nick? So basically, you can get out of a transport fight someone, and then as long as it's your whole unit is within six of the transport, jump back into the transport using your consolidate move. Wow. So that's it's good. like a bit of a hit and run out of a transport. Yeah, that's really nice. So yeah. I quite like it just because it's like, you know, 
just a bit different, really. Like hit and run tactics, always quite fun to play. I think. Uh, yeah, no, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's really good. Athletic aerialists. Have, yeah. Then we have some uh, special. Oh, is that the end of that section? Sorry, or is that? Yeah, that's, it, that's so, the end. Yeah. Of it. I quite like. I quite. I'm going to say. Cults. I'm going to say I quite like the cult of the red grief. Just going to say it. Yes, I, I like hmm. those as well. I do like, like it, but I also like the the other one as well. Um, you could take another cult which allows you to advance the charge from turn one. Like, so that's the art of pain from the yeah. other cults section, not oh. the uh, custom cult section. They've called it other cults because they're other very inspiring cults. with their names. So that's called the art of pain. It allows you to treat the uh, power from pain ability. Uh, oh, wild obsession. Oh, okay. So it doesn't allow you. Okay, I just misread it. While unit with this obsession that has a power from pain ability is within engagement range of enemy enemy units, treat the current battle round as being one higher when determining the effect that power from pain ability has. Um, I think I prefer the Red Grief to that one, to be honest, because if you could advance charge to one, that'd be fantastic, but unfortunately very sad. You've got Stimulant Innovators, which allows you to get more combat drugs, which is good, and Test of Skill, which I quite like, which is plus one to wound against monsters and vehicles, which is good because often you'll find yourself wounded with one sixes with winches, uh, whereas now you can buff that back down to a five, which is much more consistent. So let me ask you a question, because I think like I think I, I know the answer, but it's more like asking it so it can be said as an answer. Like, let's say, like, right now we don't have, like, huge volumes of mortal wounds coming out that, like, the primary source of damage from an army is mortal wounds. So whenever mm -hmm. you do read things like the Berserker Fuge, um, each one of this obsession would lose a wound. You get a five-up DPR, basically, but only against mortal wounds. And we've seen that a couple of times, um, like, uh, like, in this book and also in other books as well. Like, I know the answer is... Like, I know the answer is because you have to spec against the whole meta and not everyone will be doing those mortal wounds. That's the reason we don't take it. Um, but, like, could you see an example where, like, there's one overriding powerful army that, like, that's the case? Or do you think that it's, it's, ne it's never broad enough that it really affects, like, everyone so you'll never take it? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think you're about right on that one. But I don't Nick, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I agree with your yeah. Okay. It's not really like too much you can go into that. You've already been pretty far on the question, so just by I agreeing, just, I just think, whenever yeah. you look at it, you think, oh, like yeah, yeah, maybe that's great. Yeah, it's but like, I think oh. may, maybe I mean uh, maybe Tom could answer the question or be would be the most uh, appropriate person to answer the question. Would that be better in a team tournament? Yes, it is because uh, so if, yeah, for, here's you, could, an you could be like, I can give you a fantastic example here, mate. Katan triple the Katan list for Necrons. Yeah. You think okay. you can take back to a singles event and smash people? No, but you need to be very precise in pairings. If you hit something like a Grey Knights or a Custodes or something like that, you're going to do some work on it because it's it's very efficient at getting through the high toughness and, and good save values, right? I've also been distracted by uh, a question in the chat about how... Uh, si about I saw the word sideboards mentioned. No, we're not doing it. We're not no. doing it. We ain't got, we ain't got time. No, you, you write your shit on your fucking list and you rock up and you just live. That's what you do. You put your balls in the vice and you crack on. No one, I ain't got no time for no one like looking through a book. Yeah, as he's looking at me, and he's like, he's like, hey, like, do you want to sideboard this? I'm like, fuck right off. There's two options of lists. I could see your two options. I'm going to play you with this one. Oh, look, now we have a matchup problem. And if I've got a matchup problem, well, maybe I shouldn't have written a shitty list that's weak to the same thing with both fucking lists. Yeah. If I wanted that, I'd play Underworlds or something equally terrible. I'm going to do an Underworlds podcast with Can You Roll a Crit? And I'm leaving. That's the right call. That's the right call. 
Uh, right, let's just do the let's do the covens, and I think this is a good end point for the show today. Um, yeah. uh, because and we'll do next week, we can do the stratagems for Cult of Strife and for the main book and the whole book. Yeah, and then if maybe we fit the data sheets in, then that's probably that would be good as well. If, like we focus, we just get in there, and we're like, right, let's go, boys. Mm. Uh, right, so homunculus covens. Prophets, prophets of the, of the flesh. flesh the infamous prophets of the flesh eighth edition nightmare uh so the obsession is connoisseurs of pain and at the start of your command phase each character grotesque or monster unit with this obsession regains one lost wound so mm. yeah. medium uh this is the next bit but spicy mate uh <laughs> spicy. Oh, beautiful uh, and then each time an attack made against a unit with this obsession unless the attack has a strength characteristic of eight or more an unmodified wound roll of one to three for that attack fails, irrespective of any abilities that the weapon or model making the attack may have. So army-wide transhuman, unless you've got damage of eight or more. Hey, look, it's Dark Angels. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> this seems to be like... So I guess rather I than just discuss the merits of the rule, I want to ask you guys about how you feel about this being so common now. Maybe we'll like, need less terrain because <laughs> you get to live. <laughs> yeah, like, what, Nick, what do you think? I guess I don't really know exactly how I feel because we've not really... Well, uh, I know lots of people have been playing lots of TTS uh, games. Uh, I personally haven't been playing lots of TTS uh, Warhammer. Uh, so I don't really know how I truly feel about it until we actually get playing again and start playing tournaments. Um <sighs> I mean, I guess you know these kind of rules make more wounds higher in value, um, and they're just a little bit harder to come by in your list writing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess again, I think as the game goes more towards board control rather than killing, I don't necessarily see this as a as a massive problem that is like out of control and is ruining games. Um, what I do like about this particular one is that it's slightly different to. Uh, the transhuman stuff with there being the caveat of if it's over eight then it ignores that rule which i think is quite nice which i don't know whether we'll see being faq'd into other stuff like dark angels or uh yeah because it's wild right like an imperial knight walks over and is like i'm gonna smash on you and yeah it's like lol no (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. that's a bit crazy um all right uh warlord trait diabolic soothsayer until the end of the battle, add one to the Warlord's toughness and the wounds characteristic, and until the end of the battle, add one to this Warlord's... Oh, wait, uh, sorry, you choose one of the two below when it's set up. Yeah. Until the end of the battle, add one to the uh, Warlord's movement and attacks characteristic. Always going to be the toughness, <laughs> toughness and wounds. Toughness and wounds. Why is this even an option? <laughs> <laughs> choose, choose, choose to have a lovely dinner or a kick in the balls. Oh, interestingly, <laughs> uh, I've chosen kick in the balls. because I mean, Friday. sometimes I'm into that. Exactly. Uh, Relic, the Vexator Mask. We saw this. We saw this in, I think, one hundred and forty-three percent of of uh, Drukari lists. Yes, maybe more. Maybe Maybe more. more. (laughs) Maybe more. It's Uh, it's not changed. It's basically the same. And I'm oh, it's so good. uh, Such a good (laughs) rebel. The Vexator Mask is uh, enemy units um, uh, cannot fire Overwatch at the bearer. Incredible. and at the start of the fight phase, uh, you can select one enemy there unit with three to the bearer. That unit is not eligible to fight this phase until after all eligible units from your army have done so. Uh, yeah. so obviously I mean, this... You say the Vexator mask range has, has, uh, has halved, but it's still... Yeah. There's ways to get around it, as I discovered with Judiciar earlier. 
uh, just by stopping it from her like, intervening and then just going wild. But yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, it's one unit, it's three inches. So it has got worse than it was previously. Yeah. So, um, mm -hmm. I mean, but so has like the core ability. Like, yes, the Vexator Mask was in every list ever, but the plus one to invulnerable saves was the dumb, powerful, strong ability uh, mm. that we saw for Prophets of the Flesh, which is no longer there. Yeah. The only thing I think you'll see is, is it worth taking in the builds that you'll take with Drakari now? For example, you're not taking uh, nine Talos and then wrapping them, like wrapping this around them, right? And then just making them a chargeable with Vexator Mask. Instead, I don't know if you're going Hellions and stuff like that. And in those kinds of environments, it's a really a place for the Vexator Mask. <laughs> it's the context thing, right? You're right. I'm just, I'm just laughing at Logan saying, get to Dark Technomancers. I'm sitting here picking up. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's not really fucking okay. Okay, just, right, so let me just many. do Sins writ large, uh, which is the stratagem. One CP or two CP. Use the stratagem at the start of the fight phase. Select one Prophets of Flesh infantry unit from your army that's within six inches of a friendly Prophets of Flesh monkeys. Until the end of the phase, each time an attack made by this Prophets of the Flesh infantry unit can reroll the hit roll. If the selected unit is a grotesque unit, the stratagem costs two CP instead of one. Uh, so reroll to hit. Um, uh, if you're within six inches, so fine. Um, that's the profits of the flesh. Sadly, not what they once were in 40k. That's okay. Dark uh, Technomancers is a thing still. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> the Dark Creed. Uh, I'll get through these guys uh, fairly quick. Uh, units of subjection have the following rules: Aura of Terror. While an enemy unit is within six inches of this unit, subtract one from the leadership characteristics of the models in that unit. Subtract one from combat attrition test made for that unit. So you can stack that, of course. So if you half a unit uh, down to ones and twos, uh, then it could be ones, twos, and threes. And there's an additional way to make it one, twos, threes, and fours. So you can right. make them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to make them take in a combat attrition test. So, like, um, there's a thing. Each time your melee attack for a unit with this obsession targets a unit with a leadership characteristic that is equal to or lower than the attacking unit's leadership characteristic add one to that attack's hit roll. So if you lower their leadership, then you get a plus one to hit. Um, and then you've got that's, the just, that's just an annoying trait because you're constantly having to be asking your opponent, what's their leadership? What's their leadership? What's their leadership? But also you, you get to be a spooky boy, which is also like a, a great way to play. You're like, hey, I'm a spooky boy. And you're like, what's that? Like, imagine you introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Rob. Uh, I'm mainly playing spooky boys today. And you're like, this is a creepy motherfucker. What's this guy saying? <laughs> and you say it in a spooky voice. Yeah, you'd be like, what's your unit's leadership? They'll be like, be like, what's your leadership, big boy? Let's go. Time to spook up. Uh, that's how I play Warhammer, by the way. Generally, creep my opponent. He out. does indeed say the word "spook up," and it's very <laughs> fucking erotic. <laughs> it's time to spook up. Uh, then the warlord trait, fear incarnate, is at the end of your movement phase. You can select one enemy unit within nine inches of this warlord, and you roll three d six. If the result is greater than the enemy unit's leadership characteristic to the start of your next movement phase. That enemy unit cannot perform actions. If that unit is currently performing action, it immediately fails. And it loses objective secured. Another nail in Scrambler's coffin, Tom. <laughs> I Think was about that, Dark Technomancers. I heard the word Scramblers and I was like, hmm, yes. Basically, this warlord trait can stop people doing actions and stop obsec. Like it. Big fan. I mean, we've got quite a few of those now, don't we? We've got Mind Wipe from yeah. the Dark Angels. We've got, you know, we get quite the, a few um, like the Necron one. What's the? I can't remember the Necron one. Necron one. Fan. Fan. It doesn't matter. It's Necron. Fan Mancer can do it. 
Uh, yes, right, that's okay. So then uh, the relic is obviously a weapon, so who cares? And then the stratagem is uh, the Dark Creed battle tactic stratagem. Use this stratagem when you select a Dark Creed core or Dark Creed character unit from your army to shoot with. Until the end of the phase, each time you select a target for an attack made by this unit, you can ignore the lookout sir rule. If the selected unit is a Talos unit, the stratagem costs 3 CP. Otherwise, it costs well, that, that, 2 CP. That last uh, sentence was 100% added in act playtesting. Which um, bit? It's far too specific, the bit about selecting Talos. Because that's yeah, yeah. far too specific for anyone to have noticed. Um, secondly, that's kind of good for just sniping out characters. You just pick it's a character shooter. Fine. That's it's all right. I, yeah. I've actually expressed a feeling on the show several times in the 40k Night Edition is I'd like to see more character suppression. And what's nice about this is it like it doesn't really require you to take a unit and it doesn't require you to like like spec into a particular sub-faction to do it. It's just you now like you can make characters be a bit scared. And I like I like that. Also because I'm mainly running spooky boys. Yeah, I'm like spooky boys or see characters should be scared. So I think that that's a nice way of putting that in there and I'd like to see something like that even if it's like mm. locked into a sub-faction, going to quite a few codexes. I mean, fuck, if transhuman's going to be everywhere, this isn't that like detrimental to the game, right? If this is, <laughs> like, this is it's available. It's true, it's true. It's uh, not that aggressive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe it's more prevalent, well, needed now, because we might be getting more characters like a Blender Succubus. True, who's just true. like a little light character that's just going to go in and do a load of damage. And if you can kill her before she can do that, Counterpoint, maybe it's less useful because now rather than needing characters to make yourself durable, every fucker in the universe just doesn't get wounded on a one through three. <laughs> you don't need any characters anyway. <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right, so next up, the Coven of Twelve. Um, uh, I'll read this real quick uh, yeah, because because we haven't got to the we haven't got to the is it the other covens okay that's the one. Uh, this is the last the coven, covens, yeah. and then we'll other covens or okay. custom covens as I prefer to refer custom to them as. covens so the yeah. obsession is the butchers of flesh can I just say that Rax I can't wait for them to update grotesque because the whole covens thing is fucking cool I'm way yeah. more into covens than I'm into witches like whatever man um, anyway butchers of the flesh. Each time a model with the obsession makes an attack with a melee weapon, excluding relics, improve the armor pen characteristic of that attack by one. Okay. Uh, if a unit from, with this obsession is performing an action, it can still make attacks with ranged weapons without that action failing. Okay. Well, that's not bad. Uh, and then Warlord Trait is the Scarlet Epicurean. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the announcement. High five. Uh, like... Each time an attack is allocated to this warlord, subtract one from the damage characters of the attack to a minimum one. Uh, he has a weapon for a relic. And then finally, the uh, stratagem Ignore is that, the yeah. most inventive demise, one CP. Use this stratagem when a coven of 12 homunculus unit from your army consolidates like one enemy character model, excluding vehicle or monster, that is with engagement range of this homunculus unit, and roll a d6. On a 2 to 5, that model suffers d3 mortal wounds. And on a six, that model suffers D three plus three mortal wounds, which is quite that's a lot. Right. That's all right. Like one CP. Yeah, yeah. Mate, that's as much. If you yeah. roll a six, that's as much as that fucking relic that you had earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like. I quite. I quite like this relic just for the imagery of this like creepy little homunculus just like shuffling up to a character and just like stabbing him with something weird. Yeah, agreed. Uh, all right, sweet. Uh, so let's move on to the other covens. So these are the uh, different ones. Uh, Tom, do you want to read Dark Technomancers out? 
Sure. So it's back in pretty much a decent capacity and compared to what it used to be. So this was a uh, homunculus coven obsession that you could take thanks to the Psychic Awakening uh, books. So what's changed from there is you can't reroll hit rolls when you're using this now. But what it effectively is, is you pick a unit and a number of weapons that it has. And each of those weapons are plus one to wound and damage. Uh, if you are a non-vehicle, you take one mortal wound. If you roll any ones to hit with weapons doing that. And if you're a vehicle, you take D3. That's specifically for Venoms, because what people were doing was they were taking Venoms, putting Dark Technomancy, Master of Mutagens on them. So Dark Technomancy, you'd make all your... Um, split the cannons, plus one to wound and plus one damage. So they'd be wounding on freeze and they'd be uh, damaged too, right? Now what's been tweaked, that's all still there. You now take D3 mortal wounds instead of one if you roll a one to hit. You also have it as all-consuming, which means you can't take a second uh, obsession as well. However, it is still so useful when you're able to spit out that many. Plus one to wound, damage two shots. That's a lot of saves you're going to have to make. Really good. Really mm. good. Yeah. Nick, you got any thoughts yeah. on it? Um, I don't really know the Dark Eldar book that well, so mm. I don't know what are the yeah. best units to use this with. Yes. And but one what, of the, um, what units to get the best value with. Mm. One of the uh, strengths of Dark Eldar has always been the number of shots you can kick out. And so you, when you're able to kick out a lot of shots, taking that is insane mm. value. Um, as uh, Lung's already said, a raider with disintegrators, racks with liquefiers, and you stick because not only if you think about like a venom, right? Not only do you have this, the all the shots coming off the venom itself, like the twelve shots with your um, with your splinter cannons, you've got the guys inside as well. They can then proc it. They can shoot with all of those shots. So you're getting a lot on there. As Logan's saying in the chat, raiders with disintegrators, racks of liquefiers. Uh, all this kind of stuff gets massive value. There's no downside of liquefiers because you don't roll to hit, so you can't roll a one and take more wounds. Ah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's really strong. Yeah, yeah that's wow. good. So liquefier is on racks, and I think so a mm. unit of five racks can have one liquefier plus the sergeant can have one, and then if you have ten, yeah. you could have three in that unit. Yeah, you probably uh, wouldn't do that. You probably is... two plus a five, it's more efficient. Okay, liquefier is D6 shot, strength four, AP2, damage yeah. one. So it would so... go to... Damage two. Yeah. And yes, we're probably winning on freeze with seven shots. Damage two. And Colonel Cabbage is pointing out Kronos, strength five flamers. Mm. Uh, again, auto hitting, so you don't have a drama there with plus yep. one damage on as well. Um, uh, yeah, 20 with uh, twenty with five liquefiers deep strike from a webway. The range of a liquefier <laughs> is at 12 now. I'm assuming it's going to be yeah, 12 now. This is flamer, could... right? Yeah, yeah, but you never know. They might fuck you over like they did with. I can't remember who they fucked over, but I'm sure they fucked someone over somewhere. <laughs> so, have a quick so really good really good the yes, other all well, the, yeah. so yeah really really good uh like i mean yeah yeah so the other um is there an other all consuming one is artists of flesh each time an attack mm -hmm. is allocated to a model with this obsession subtract one from the damage characteristics so you basically just get to be death guard um uh like it, as an obsession which i think is interesting so yeah um and there's also splinter blades as well each time model with this obsession makes an attack this isn't an all consuming one uh, make uh, uh, with, makes an attack with a melee weapon an unmodified hit roll of a six scores one additional hit. But the Dark Technomancy is an all-consuming one, right? So that's like, you're yes, in for correct. that. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. All in now, um, yeah. So that's going to be an interesting one to see how that like gets played uh, because that seems that seems a lot stronger than the other options that have been put up there. Which is weird, right? Yeah. Because that's an output-based kind of obsession. And generally, I think of Covens being very like tanky. Um, in, in, yeah. in I mean, that's the choice, right? It's between Providence of the Flesh and this. Yeah. 
Yeah, maybe yeah. you can go for a full tanky bit and then a full venomy bit. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, like I mean, based on this, like it, it feels like there's, uh, as is always the case. I feel uh, some standout sub factions, uh, but they, they, they've got a lot of options. I think is the interesting element. Can't wait to talk about next week the stratagems and the, the data sheets and seeing them interact with each other. I think that's going to mm, be yeah, kind of, that. That's finesse, uh, that that's really interesting. Yeah. Also, feels like it's a lot of stuff. Like yeah, if you it is. were. If you were new and you were like, I quite like these Dark Eldar, you'd be like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah, there's a, lot, there's a lot of information to assimilate and process and try and uh, get your head around, isn't there? Yeah. Well, I think it's useful that's to true know. with every codex. But yeah, some with more this one, others. there's a lot of stuff that's like usable, but not necessarily the most optimal thing, right? So it's useful to know like the information about these kinds of things, just in case you hit it, and rather than having to work on it on the fly. That's true. That's true. All right. So, like, have you got any initial thoughts straight off? I mean, the internet's already like pretty much ripped this to pieces. So, like, I know because we're doing a review co- copies and stuff, we're, we're always a bit late to the party. Um, but I think that that ultimately means we kind of like get to process it because I've already heard all the rumors, right? Like, they're giga fucked <laughs> as a book. Like, it's like it's strong um, as all hell. So, I'm really looking forward to kind of like deep diving those bits. Um, what do you think so far? Um. Like no, you go for it, Nick. Sorry, it's um, my, my, I've not read through the whole thing, but from what I got through, I got basically through to um, the start of the strat. So basically where we got to today. Um, yeah. My initial thought, if I was going to start an army, what I found most interesting, I think, would be a witch cult using the uh, cult of red grief um, because I think you could make quite an interesting board control army because obviously lots of witches are all obsec. They're fast. You can view all your charges, plus you can advance and charge with them. Um, uh, and that stratagem, getting in and out of your transport after fighting, I think seems quite interesting. So just by, on my initial impression, that's if I was going to go for a cool themed army, maybe an all-witch raiding force would be quite cool to do with the uh, Cult of Grief. But again, th- this book seems to encourage you to want to have uh, each of the different factions sort of uh, represented, which is quite fluffy and narrative, I guess, yeah. which is appropriate for our channel. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a lot in here that you can use, and I think that's kind of cool. I think it's just a case of dragging myself through it is a little bit like, just because it's a lot of reading. But I feel like when you get down and you start playing games of it and you get to test out different things, and, oh, what if I tweaked this and used this next time? I think it would be a lot of fun to use, but right now it's just a, you're trying to enjoy just re- plucking words off a page, which is a little bit more... It's pretty intense, ultimately. Uh, like yeah. you, you can't ignore that fact uh, that there's a lot of rules, and I think I think generally this edition um, feels like it's very less less intended for new players. Is is kind of where I feel on it. Um, I like that there are armies that are aimed at different skill levels, uh, like clowns. Says Chemex. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm running a real space raid brigade. Uh, says Kenny Roll. Quit black heart, cursed blade, and dark creed. So he's going for the. The mix there. Uh, loads to unpack about this. Let's do that later. You two got any shout outs before next week? I'm going to uh, give a shout out to Gozzy because we haven't given Gozzy a shout out. Yeah, shout time. out to Gozzy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to shout out to uh, the Mordheim crew for Saturday. Oh, that should be good. Nice. Too. The outside Mordheim crew. Uh, yeah, I'm going to shout out um, uh, the. I'm going to shout out the lads from the WTC who've had a shitty week having to uh, postpone uh, the WTC yeah, event this sad. week. Uh, that's sad, but more on that next week. Uh, shout out to the Twitch chat. You guys are really great. 
um uh yeah uh, redeemed guide to raid uh okay i was gonna raid someone else but there we go i've been given a guide to a raid so i'm gonna go do that uh thanks to everyone for tuning in live appreciate you loads thanks for listening to the podcast and everything else uh and that's it let's go make this raid yeah, happen. have a look at it i'm ready get your emotes ready chat get your uh, copy thank pastors. you everyone uh for tuning in loads of lo- yeah. love you loads Cheers, see you again uh tomorrow midday uh see you all through the weekend have a nice day i'll see you soon goodbye oh.